0: Welcome to the GCW Plants podcast episode 66. How are you doing tonight, John?
1: I'm feeling really good. We're trying out this little live thing for just a minute as a little test. So uh, I don't know how much you wanted to mention about that.
0: Yeah, uh, we're got the graphics coming our way. Hopefully, this week we'll get the full one. But in the meantime, we're kind of testing out what we were going to use to go to live with some uh, generic ones that they uh, have on there. We're testing out right now live on Twitch.com and uh, see what happens. It's fun though. I call this the possibility that's going to improve. I think the podcast once we go live, all the cool things. It's going to be uh, different from our audio podcast. I'm really much, uh, very much looking forward. Uh, so. Uh...
1: God, we had a busy weekend, three shows. There was there's like so much going on that weekend.
0: Yeah, and I think we this had... was uh, one of the funner uh, ones that we're covering tonight. I think the card, as you said, the last podcast was way better than the card on paper than we got uh, in L.A. So yeah, this one was a uh, one I was looking forward to covering from this weekend specifically.
1: Yeah, because we were looking at uh, Thank Me Later on Friday night in uh, – I'm sorry – gcw's ride or die in chicago then saturday we had gcw's mastermind and then gcw versus new south Two on sunday it was just it was so busy so you know we're gonna have a busy week up ahead here and uh kind of looking forward to it a little here it's that's a lot of work let me tell you but um yeah this chicago show it was yeah everything that for me i wanted on our la card there was a ton of great matchups on this card uh cartwheel versus ares jordan oliver versus commander the kingo versus Metalik, and gringo versus christian were the four matchups on this card i wish somehow we could have seen live in la you know in a perfect world
0: yeah on paper that like i know you were talking about it how crazy that lineup was and going back and watching this lineup yeah i uh there's a couple a couple matches i actually did rewind because it was like this is awesome chance halfway through i'm like i feel like i've missed like half of it let's go back and they were this was an incredible night of action and uh it was from the talia hall too which i really enjoyed that that little venue i call it hammer mini hammerstein and uh i came across that way on this episode too
1: i'm gonna talk a little bit more about that hall in a couple minutes so hold that thought on the hall because that that really is a beautiful hall um I have here that the promo pick. I don't know if you saw the promo pick for the show. It was like black and white with Gage in a GCW hat. That is one of my favorite picks. Like, that looks really good. Whoever's um, doing the graphics, really, really knocking it out of the park. So yeah. the other thing... Oh, go ahead, buddy. I don't want to
0: catch you. No, I was going to say, yeah, the graphics uh, look pretty cool on this one. I don't know who did it on this one. Um, but our graphics, hopefully, are going to be looking pretty cool, too, because we got someone that does... Uh, work with gcw graphics and hopefully uh we get some nice looking ones as we've been seeing some of these posters like how this one did with nick gage
1: oh yeah it looks so nice i love uh i love when people put time into things like that because it really does matter the other thing that really did matter uh sorry about kind of speaking on the bat here for a minute but that la show went almost two and a half hours that we were at this show went almost three and a half hours now granted we didn't have an intermission but their intermission wasn't very long so that was yeah. something I just kind of wanted to mention out there. That's just me, I guess, whining. <laughs> the, the <only laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention those updates to the podcast. You said we've got uh, graphics coming. We've got video on its way in. We're basically testing some stuff right now just for fun. Um, was there anything else you wanted to mention
0: about that? Just maybe a timeline in the next couple weeks or so, right? Um, I'm hoping... I'm hoping by the time we do our Fourth of July review, maybe that will kind of be like the, kind of like the one year or close to our, our one year of you hopping on the podcast right after that episode. I don't think uh, you went on that one. I don't think, but or were you? How long? I don't know. Yeah. It feels like a while. Where were you on that yeah. podcast? Yeah, I'm not sure yeah, if that okay. was
1: my first one, but it was one of my first ones. I have to go back and scroll
0: down because yeah, it feels like that was one of our. Uh, Okay. So you hopped on to number five. So this was our third, our GCW uh, backyard f- last year was our fourth, our third episode uh, together. So that's kind of where I'm gotcha, leading towards gotcha. the goal. will so hopefully to get it by 4th of July. And when we do the 4th of July episode, we could do the 4th of July bump to YouTube and go live there. But I'm really excited with the graphics and mess around on this as we've been kind of doing before we went live here uh, of all the kind of cool possibilities that we're going to be adding. And I think it's going to look really, really good. I'm I'm really excited to see what's going to turn into.
1: Now, the other thing that I wanted to mention real quick, because this news just broke. We kind of knew ahead of time, but it just broke publicly that the Backyard Wrestling 5 for GCW, that was finally just announced. So it looks like they're not saying where they're going to keep that to themselves, but they only just said again backyard usa invite only so it at least was announced publicly now that they're acknowledging it because for the longest time up until well today they hadn't and this is what a week before the show uh
0: yeah and that sounded uh yeah a week yeah a week because it's next tuesday oh shit!
1: yeah so that's a short amount of time to get everything together and head out to that so super fans i guess just be ready because uh i can't say anything uh if you're a patreon you can sign up and find out where the uh roundabout so where that's going to be so i would recommend if you want to get on patreon check that out and uh take advantage of some of that breaking news before it goes public
0: and that was one of the funner shows we went to like even though it was was like a destination fourth of july show i mean it was cool like my son got to swim with the wrestlers we get to eat and talk with them in the by the pool area as the show's going on like it, it's it was a very cool interactive show if you uh want to just kind of go there and just interact with the wrestlers and then watch all the fucking craziness that these backyard shows go because i don't I've, i haven't seen a bad backyard show like everyone's been mm-hmm. very entertaining and pretty crazy and uh yeah i'm very much looking forward to that i think they said looking for this is going to be the craziest and dumbest uh some of the I forgot exactly what they said, but like, looking forward to the craziest. And uh, I I want to say they said dumbest. Oh, here we go. Not dumbest, but I lost it, of course. Oh, yeah, I was (laughs) right. Yeah, dumbest. No, it says this. We're headed back to the yard for GCW Backyard Wrestling 5. And this year's edition may be the craziest and dumbest yet but dumbest in a good way like so we'll go see some crazy shit going on like i am actually i love watching those ones like and got to be a part of it last year was cool yeah those things
1: just seem so laid back that it would be really cool to just make it a whole evening there i know you said they kind of came in and then after a while it was hey time to go kind of thing and i get that that's how the that's that's how it is right
0: You got to hang out for a while. Like we actually just kind of got up and left because we thought they were going to do like the the house that they were on. They said they were going to do some like their Fourth of July celebrating at night, obviously with the fireworks and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I believe they I don't know if they forced us out or whatnot or we just kind of decided to get up and leave because we didn't want to like intrude and stuff like that. We didn't. I don't know. Like we didn't. We didn't know how that goes. Maybe we could have stayed and hung out with them during the fireworks even. Who knows? But we just kind of afterwards cleaned up the area, took our pictures with Jordan and Alec and uh, Nick Wayne and got to get out of there. So uh, I don't know how that was. So uh, we ready to kick this bad boy off let's go to gcw's rider Die from the talia hall in chicago illinois yes i'm gonna go like blake christian i put the s on that shit as a uh, we'll say later on during the show which uh, i thought was pretty funny yeah
1: he was really trying to dig at him just a
0: little bit i liked it I, like i think he's finding his footing here um i went back into listen to like that gcw podcast that they did with the corner um when they're out here in vegas and blake christian kind of laid out like how kind of hard it is to kind of find footing as gcw carrying that company as the world champion in a heel fashion but also kind of working as a face for ring of honor and that's what's really paying the bills here so it's kind of he found it a little bit tougher at the beginning to bounce back and forth between face and heel but as we see now it's he's finding his footing very well as a heel especially as a heel champion Um, i think it's even better because of the cockiness and his attitude uh he is using as the gcw champion so here we go i sit down to watch the timer
1: starts counting down i'm ready to go the timer uh resets and adds more time so i get ready again as the timer ticks down to 30 seconds then more time has been added again so for me it's funny it's funny to a point where i had to put it in the notes but Preparation allows for shows to start on time. I know I sound like a uh, about that, but if fans aren't in their seats, then let the fans in earlier. If it's technical or otherwise, it should have been checked before the five minutes to bell time, maybe half an hour beforehand. Address those things. Maybe do maybe some things do come up. You never know. But I've noticed that a lot. It's like, okay, five minutes to show because it should have been at eight. But now it's eight oh five. And then, well, you know, now it's eight oh (laughs) seven, eight oh eight. All right, it's eight eleven, and it's time to go. I always find that kind of funny,
0: and I've seen that happen, like when in LA, quite often. And uh, as you said, it's sometimes it's not their fault. Like I've heard Brett running up to the ring to tell Emma, like, "Hey, Fight TV said give us five more minutes." So, like you said, right. they're probably working out connection issues. But I really liked your idea a long time ago, and we've said it a couple different times: of having like just a warm up match on YouTube, like just throw yeah. like, and even maybe that will get fans. Like, hey, look at this one. F- like a kickoff match on YouTube to test out the audio settings of video, see how it's going to come off on stream. But also like it gives fans a free match that might, Oh shit, that was crazy. Let me go see what the rest of the show is going to be like. And now they got a bunch of new orders from some fans, possibly from putting that one match up on there. So I think it. I'd really liked your idea when they had that, when you had that um, a while ago to kind of do a test run for one match and getting ready for perfect video and audio quality for Fight TV when it comes up. And if you mess up on YouTube, who cares? It's free.
1: Well, exactly. I was just thinking a half hour, an hour would be a lot. But a half hour run up, one match, maybe two matches. And I know that's a lot because a card is loaded with uh, with the average nine matches on a show. So putting in a 10th and 11th matches is, is a lot for fans. But one match wouldn't hurt. And then maybe a touch of a pre-show five minutes ten minutes run up uh or things like youtube especially they have a fantastic reach worldwide that fight tv may not have and not everyone has a subscription so it's just one way what what were you saying there or uh what else there
0: no i was just going to say um i think it's for that matter, like say you do one match, then you want to put up like you throw on like those Tony D videos or those packages that you're doing bef- like during the show right before the match. Throw those on for YouTube and get like the fans that might not know what's going to happen. You get a little highlight clip of going of, hey, that's this is why Blake Christian's going against Gringo Loco. And you throw that video on. And I, I just think it's a good way to get extra fans to possibly buy the fight TV plus. Once you show this on YouTube, but also a good way to test out the audio and video. That way the thing's good. But I think that'd be good way just to get the fans more invested if they weren't of throwing on like those little Tony D videos and stuff like that. You know, with
1: one push of the button, we can go live in a lot of places. They could do the same thing if they wanted to, even if it was just 15 minutes with Dave prazak and Emil, just a little run-up. There's a lot of cool things that really could be done. But, again, that's in a perfect world, and they may not have time to do these things. Again, it's, it's more about preparation. It's more about, you know, does this really serve to do this and pay these people to do these things? Does it get more butts in the seats? And, uh, you know, does it equate to more money down the road?
0: It's, i just went to the gcw's live and like the last time they did a kickoff show was the iws versus gcw on Sanction. they did that one match so they had like 10 people on it i think or two minutes. i think maybe they did two matches but that has like right uh, yeah, now they did
1: two that's yeah right. they did one that was like a weird blow off i remember talking about this one off
0: oh, like three minutes yeah it was like yeah. a three-minute match
1: and then there was another one that was serious that was a pretty damn good match Can't remember who, but this has
0: 6,000 views. I don't know how many views live. I think, I think, remember when I clicked on there, there's at least a couple hundred people in there. And who knows? Let's say you get 10% of those people that aren't subscribed to Fight TV and now they see crazy action they want to sign up for for $8 a month. Now you got however many people, 100 people just signed up for Fight TV Plus. Like, even if it's a small percentage, it's still, I don't know. I, I just really liked your idea from a long time ago. And I think that could be used on every single show. As a good way to test before you go live and also free publicity and a free match that could possibly get new subscribers to fight tv plus
1: so the show opens maybe we were heard or maybe some changes are coming but there was a better crowd sound tonight it was just obvious it's not perfect as the sound did kind of drown out back and forth but that's fine The crowd's energy and enthusiasm came across on TV. And honestly, that's the point. That's the point of everything we were talking about was we wanted to see that crowd mic'd up to where we can hear all that enthusiasm and all that noise. And I don't know what happened, but this show, there was a concerted effort to do so. And it was there off and on. We could even hear what people were saying in the ring when they meant to be heard. And that was really nice. Talia Hall, the venue's beautiful, filled with people, fans are yelling, and there's whole front row sections of people standing and banging their hands on the mat. These were true fans, they were bringing the excitement, GCW chants, all throughout the opening of the show. So this will kind of go into that next part, great job to the GPW crew. Thank you for the adjustment. I don't know what's changed in the past year, but the level of production has just soared. That includes better audio, sound, replays, video packages, intros, outros. Um, do you have anything to say about that, too? Like, you've seen a real big improvement, huh?
0: I love like the stingers that they do, They're like those little quick transitions from live to um, yeah. the replays have been awesome, like this cool little transition. I love, uh, I know we'll talk about this on the uh, GCW versus New South, but like the rotating logo that they had of like one, it's the GCW logo and then it turns and then you got the new South and it turns. You got GCW. Like I really like those little, yeah. like you said, those little details. But like the package, like those video overlays that they're doing too for the replays have been looking awesome. And I love seeing the different kind of styles that they have throughout each kind of uh throughout the night of each or throughout each show, the different uh cards that they have there
1: so my two fixes that i've talked about and i just put right here because it's getting to a point where they're doing so well let's kind of tighten it up my two fixes would be the crowd sound issue they are working on that and also hearing the music better during intros that used to not be a problem now it kind of is i didn't know if maybe that's because they don't want to get slapped with copyright fines however i've heard that fight tv you know triller pays a lot of money so GCW and others can play that music. So um if there's a lot of money being paid to play that music and a badass entrance is part of what makes a wrestler, crank that motherfucker up and let's hear it. You now I want to hear F E come out to Elton John fucking loud. I want to hear SGC come out fucking loud. Yeah. So I'm just saying that up front because it seems like a lot of the microphone that's being picked up like, I'm sorry, a lot of the sound of the microphone is being picked up is from somewhere distant. And it's almost like everything we're hearing is something you hear from 30 feet away instead of right there in the crowd, like right down in the pit where you should feel like you are if you're watching a live show on TV. You want to feel like you're part of the action that pulls you into the action. You don't want to be watching this on TV and it sounds like the entire crowd is 30 feet away from you. You want to sound like it's right there on top of you. Just
0: yeah, it seems like the only time they really get that is during the Nick Cage entrances, obviously, because the camera's right there, literally in the pit. But uh yeah, I found out I I started thinking about that, like when you were saying about that, the last LA show, I just finished going back and watching it. And yeah, that sound, the audio with the music, like even in person, like we were, I kind of said like, my wife, we we're trying to figure out my wife goes, who's that? I'm like, I don't know. I can't hear the music. <laughs> like I'm standing in like yes. 20 feet away from the thing, but I agree. uh I think they've been doing a better job, at least on on video capturing uh, the sound a little bit, uh, as of late, a little bit better than they have definitely were, that's for sure.
1: So, I also wanted to talk about the camera work. I appreciate we have some nice far shot camera angles of the inside of the venue. It's really nice seeing how the place really looks from all different angles. The 45 degree angle shot from, I'm guessing, the second row balcony, it looked awesome. Again, it really shows the place from a different angle, pun intended, and it really helps um, add like the visual in my head while I'm watching at home. I love the camera angle where it's shot right behind the wrestler's posing before he comes to the ring. Did you see that one?
0: Yeah, yeah and one I really like, liked right it. Behind. Yeah, I really liked it at the end when like Blake Christian is walking up at the end of the show. I thought that was a cool camera angle on that at uh, that part of the show too. Like the performer
1: looks heroic. I mean that's the way, best way to put it because it's like them from their back and then you just see fans. It was a beautiful look. Um, someone had good vision to use that angle, so kudos to someone on that spot uh, on that side. But it's just an ode to the GPW team, man. Thanks for stepping up.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen that angle other than Hammerstein. I I thought that I think that's what made me first realize like oh shit this is like mini Hammerstein. I think I talked about it last time too how they had that exact same camera angle that made it feel like it was Hammerstein. But I do like it. It, it looked really cool at Hammerstein because obviously a lot more people than Talia Hall, but it is, it, you said, it kind of makes that superhero kind of like a big moment. It just happened. And that, that's why like the Blake Christian at the end, his moment when he's walking back, like looking at the camera, even talking to it. was pretty cool as well.
1: Okay, so Talia Hall, let's talk a little bit about uh, historic Talia Hall. It was built in 1892. It was modeled after the Prague Opera House. It was used in 1918 to draft a bill that would birth the country of Czechoslovakia. It was closed in the mid-60s until 2013 and was granted landmark status in 1985. So in 2013, it was opened back up to the public and wrestling has been running there since. So I was also laughing there's a spot where instead of the stairs sign, it says stair. So you know how every little show we kind of mentioned stupid little... I found that one and I it was <laughs> funny. So Talia Hall kind of got me on another little kick here I wanted to talk about. I think we did talk about this before, but it was such a long time ago, and a lot of listeners that are listening now were not listening when we talked about this. But I wrote down in my notes here, GCW is the only company in the unique position to be running a lot of the smaller and mid-sized wrestling friendly venues around the country. Many of these venues, like Talia Hall, may be gone down the road 25, 50 years. It sounds impossible but it's not things change over time fires happen new ownership newer buildings come along just like the carousel room for now it's gone i honestly wish i could watch a two-hour documentary on the carousel room right now you know wouldn't you kind of just you know something for old old, old times
0: so- i don't, i still kind of miss it like when i went back and watched COS, i, I just and Watching like the other prior TOSs and seeing the colorful mm-hmm. every, I, I, I miss the carousel room big time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's a loss for right now. But uh, yeah, I'd
1: love to see them get video footage of every one of these venues that they're at. From the inside to the outside. Bathrooms to the parking area. I want to see outside shots in the daytime and at night. It would be cool to see the place empty, then full of chairs. And finally, full for a show. I'd also like to see a teardown of the ring, clean up, and eventually a goodbye with the drive away from the venue. Each venue, one time. So, so some really won't understand the history until they're older and some of the things they grew up with are gone. And when I'm looking at Talia Hall, paint is literally peeling off the walls at this venue. We really should be getting a full video capture of this venue. And many others like it. What do you think?
0: I think that'd be a cool way like, to argue right, <laughs> yeah, it's like a cool way to think like at the end, or like if they want to do like behind the scenes, even for Patreon of hey, like this is what the we're not allowed to go here no more because it's shut down or for whatever reason, but at least we got the memories, and here's what it looked like you said before, during, after like a quick little uh-huh. even time lapse the time lapse video of like the place filling in and the ring and all that stuff I think it would be cool to kind of see, um, I like seeing the behind the the scene pictures too of seeing like where the wrestlers are, like quote-unquote locker rooms and seeing what kind of <laughs> kind of stuff around the building that uh that we normally as fans can't see because we're on the front side and not the back side of the house as they say um i think that's a cool part of seeing the behind the scenes pictures on patreon that's what i get a kick out of
1: yeah i just i know you're a uh, you know you're a venue person yeah. and for me <laughs> exactly i'm big on history and legacy like i'll watch an old history video on something and i'll start getting jealous i'm not there like i'm one of those people i wanted you know i wanted to be there for like a famous jfk speech or i'd love to be there when shakespeare you know brought out his first play like all these cool little things that i get jealous when i watch an old concert from the 70s and i'm like damn it would be so cool to
0: be there live and that's how I feel now going like that's how I felt watching the old TOS is leading up until this one in the old carousel room. I was like, fuck, I really should have gone last year because last year was probably the closest I was going, thinking of going to the carousel room. I was going to go to TOS last year just for the weekend, just to kind of be a part of it and see it that was a one time only kind of thing, because I didn't know it was going to be closed. But I thought it'd be cool to see there now that I won't be able to go to the carousel room. If I go, it's the, the terminal and all the white stuff. I don't I don't have the interest to go down there and catch a TOS as I did in the old carousel room, but it did make me uh have that the fear of the fear of missing out for sure watching those old TOSs.
1: No, no, no. I'm right there with you. So that's that's why I thought this idea might be a good one because it's part of wrestling history. And there are sometimes decades of wrestling shot in some of these buildings and they're just not accessible anymore or they haven't been used in 20 years and they're ready to be torn down there there's some fantastic wrestling that have went off in some great buildings that i would have loved to have watched say a two-hour documentary of the ins and outs of this old coliseum you know um like i said i don't have names off the top of my head but there were some very famous ones now that you can't even enter without getting in some type of trouble for it being an area where it's dangerous so you know we lose that history over time where say 10 15,000 people every other weekend would show up to watch wrestling so much st- you know so much excitement in one building that's probably still a little bit trapped in there that you know we lose to time and it would be cool to see all those things like when ecw arena was strictly ecw arena i would have loved to have seen a documentary on that building. What does it look like as a fan when you're standing in line? When you, you know, give them your ticket, what does it look like when you first walk in the building and you see the arena for the first time? What's that look like? What's what's the area look like around the building? You know, I'd like to see that done in a lot more of these buildings because of that reason, like there is 2800 you can go to now, but the way it was set up and the way it was is lost all that is lost. We we don't have that anymore. So, yeah. So that's why I try to talk about these a little bit, because I think over time, they may not survive. And I hope we appreciate some of the venues that are being chosen by Brett are venues that they are already appreciating the history on. So just keep your eyes out for places like Harpo's, because those are historical venues that you need to really read up a little bit on Who's been on those those uh, Who's been on that stage up there, and how important they are?
0: And I'm just glad I was able to go to Hammerstein because else I'd have that same feeling if I didn't go, like to the GCW Hammerstein. So I'd, I'd probably have that fear of missing out because I wouldn't go down I wouldn't go all the way out there for like a WWE show or whatever. But right, I thought like for GCW and kind of setting the independent wrestling record out there, or whatever they said. But just being a part of the Hammerstein shows, seeing kind of the build. From GCW since the start to where it was to fight for the Hammerstein show, I thought it was just a cool opportunity and time to go because it did feel like a historic kind of night. And now I can always say I've been a Hammerstein. And now when I go back and watch like old Ring of Honor shows or watch old ECW shows, even like old Raw shows, and from the Manhattan Center, it's it's. I don't think they were in. I think that was the one uh building next to the Hammerstein is where they were doing raw and stuff like that but it looks very similar and it still has the same cool feeling I could just always say now like hey I was there and like oh I remember like where I was sitting who said in that same spot where I was what kind of signs they got and I i am super happy I was able to at least knock off Hammerstein off my list because that was as of there it's there and um uh, Madison Square Garden. Like uh, at least I was in New York. I, like I went to Madison Square Garden, but I didn't go inside of it. But I do want to see like a wrestling show there as well, just to kind of see the atmosphere and stuff. Nice.
1: You know, yeah, you were fortunate to do that. That's like Mecca in New York. That's like where you want to go to watch wrestling, it's the Hammerstein. So
0: it was nice. I enjoyed. I I soaked it all in and definitely appreciated every second there because I don't think we're going to go back ever to there, and I don't think I'd ever see another Hammerstein show, but. Um, being a, just being there was awesome, and that crowd and energy was insane.
1: So, yeah, I won't get too far into it, but did you drive or were you driven to that show? Uh, I, I don't know how parking is in places.
0: Oh no, we we walked everywhere. We stayed at a hotel like it was a five minute walk from there to oh, okay. Hammerstein, and it was a five, a seven, seven minute walk to Madison Square Garden, fifteen minute walk to, to, to uh, Times Square. We were right in the middle of it all. It was actually it was it was incredible, like the whole New York thing. Awesome. I wish we had longer stages so I could check out more of the outside stuff other than that. Like I found myself just walking the up and down the streets between the hotel and Times Square. But every time I went down the down uh whatever street that I was on, I forgot it was like 42nd or something like that for the Manhattan Center, just to kind of see like what they were setting it up and stuff. And like one of the mornings I saw them, like they were literally loading up the ring and stuff like that. I was like, Oh shit, this is it. Tonight's the night. And it was oh, pretty cool seeing cool. that. So I'll
1: get us back on track here because we did some <laughs> healthy talking. That's good though. Um Emil opens up the show. You can see him so amped, he's almost jumping in the ring. He does everything but leave his feet. His enthusiasm is unmatched. And uh B, if you get a chance, check it out. You can see when the whole thing starts. He's damn near jumping, bouncing back and forth, like in his shoes. You can see he's got happy feet. It's hilarious but the cat gets so ramped up, you know, he, he, you can't stop him. He's happy as fuck. So yeah, that's our boy. That's our boy. You know?
0: Yeah. He sets the tone. Like I kind of like, when I first met him in LA and I told him like, Hey man, I just want to say appreciate everything you do. Like you set the tone for us. He's like, no, like I feed off you guys. But I'm like, we feed off you. We see you jumping and hyped up in the ring. Like we feel that same excitement. That's how we come off. But, um, Seeing him always doing that. We talk about the wrestlers. It's so cool seeing the wrestlers happy and enjoying themselves. And it's the same thing with MLJ. It seems like every weekend, every GCW show, he's living his dream, which he is. And it's just awesome to see that happening. All right. So you ready to do this. Let's go into our first matchup of the evening. As it is a tag match between the teams of the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang, going against the makeshift team of Alec Price and Cole Radrick. I loved how they came out wearing each other's jerseys. Like, that was the first thing I noticed. I thought that was so cool when they came out uh, wearing each other's jerseys. And that was another like grouping. Like, we talk about these random groupings yes. that we've been. We loved seeing Axon Ray and Shane Mercer. Like I wrote in my notes, I wouldn't mind seeing Alec and Cole or Alec and yeah, Alec and Cole uh, working together as a tag team. They seem like they were kind of off on this, on the page and chemistry wise. And this one obviously being the first tag match, but I think they could do something pretty cool. And it gives them something to chase after. Cause right now it seems like both are kind of doing nothing other than scramble. So not chasing after any belt. It would be a, Matchup to see challenge for the tag match if they build some chemistry and get some wins.
1: Well, I think they want to do something with them. You know, we were concerned about Cole after he had gotten rid of that belt, and then we find out just a couple weeks later, you know, he's doing a main event with Yoshiko. So, I mean, there are things out there. Alec Price, excellent fucking match with Kevin Knight, and between two guys who have had five years or less experience. They looked absolutely wonderful, so yeah, this this may be a pairing again. You mentioned something a long time ago. We talked about the reach for the sky tournament and so on and so forth. But on Patreon, you mentioned a tag team tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. Are we possibly pairing people off? We've got Janelle and Sawyer. That just recently happened, and they're pushing it from what I'm seeing.
0: I wouldn't mind. I know they did this a, a while ago, the battle that Battle Bowl with the random kind of Mm -hmm. people thrown together i know aew is kind of doing that now with the blind eliminator tournament whatever but i love that concept and like i was i thought that for that reach the sky tournament would have been cool of putting young young teams together to battle for the tournament and at the end have a ladder match for like a singles something or whatever say they won the reach for the sky but as a tag team they kind of fought for it but this kind of goes to my point we we're saying might as well if they're not going to put any tag teams for the east west express and they're going to be having to kind of find teams they're going to be putting teams together like alec price and cole radrick why not just do like the random drawing out of the hat and do some mixed match teams and see what happens because lately i've been enjoying the random ass pairings i've been seeing so i wouldn't mind seeing more of it because especially if it's been wrestlers that aren't going after anything as we say cole not chasing the extreme title Alec yep. is the battle ring champion, I think now, but like, okay, that's it. Like he's defending the ring against Bishop here coming up in the next JCW show, but he's not chasing anything either. Rather, if they're not going to chase anything and they are great competitors, might as well put them at a tag team, see what happens and see what, if they could turn into something down the road. Cause I think Shane versus action Ray, Like I I'm actually disappointed. They haven't teamed up again since we last saw him. You know, <laughs> I won't get into that too much, but you
1: and I really agreed quickly that that was a fantastic team between those two. Like I don't know why. Uh same thing with Mercer and Christian. I think would have just been a fantastic team because they're different enough that they each bring something to the table and they pose a threat. Blake's a fucking asshole, but then you put his fucking muscle with him and actually maybe that's not done because it's too close to Mason. Maybe that's what it is. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I just, we I've have always, a heel with a Haas.
0: I like the the team of uh, Mercer and Christian because I, I always like the Thunder and Lightning, and like a big powerhouse and a high flyer or a speed person. I think that's a great tag team because they counteract each other, but they could, both could fill in for each other for what the other can't do that the other one can. So I do, I wouldn't mind seeing that pairing as well. All
1: right. So I figured I'll change my video color to green here. So. <laughs> All right, so Chicago's own bang bros. They get a rock star entrance with a huge pop from the crowd. Crowds chanting bang bros, bang bros. And then Cole and Alec come out. They are also hype as shit, jumping and bouncing everywhere. They're wearing, like you said, each other's jerseys. I thought it was a cool touch. And yeah, it's like a show of solidarity. Um, fingers crossed. I actually like both guys. Yep. I yeah, I'm not gonna complain. Ratty Daddy chants start up. Cole does something very performers do. I just want to point this out. He acknowledges or points to the person who starts chanting, like his name or whatnot. It's smart. The fans appreciate him for it, and they usually chant louder. Also, it's positive reinforcement. If you're going to start a Cole Radrick chant, he's going to look at you and point and be like you. Like, how cool is that? If your favorite performer acknowledges you just kind of as you that yeah i think it's very smart and not enough do that it's like the maki ito thing where when she was walking around um she was making eye contact with everybody in the front row as she walked by and again those little things do matter you know yeah to, to people like us who are looking at those little things they matter Alex spends an extra moment getting the crowd cheering louder. It always works. I don't know if you've noticed, but he likes to stand on that second rope there and try to throw his arms up and get people going. And, you know, I think he started doing that at the Las Vegas show when everybody was going nuts. And I think it's just stuck with him ever since. The uh, Bang Bros dominated early by working together. Lots of team moves. After that flurry, Cole and Price primarily took over. The Bang Bros then did come alive about halfway through the match with a tope and a backflip to the outside. And um, let's see here. The crowd actually kind of started coming alive after that point. A nice spot that I wanted to mention. Price made August execute a Destroyer on Davy. That was a cool little move. Also... I want to give a uh, little shout out to Max Recon for keeping the match under control. Price and Cole tried to cover the wrong man. Davey was the legal man, not August. And, you know, Max kind of made sure that they didn't pin the non-legal man. So fans booed for a moment, but that's actually a good referee. They didn't realize he was right. But... Um, So for the people who are the hardcores and for the people who actually really care about GCW, your boy, Max came through on that one.
0: I always think he's one of the better referees too. He was like the Hammerstein um, when that reached for the, Grabbed the brass ring match, and uh, I forgot who was climbing the ladder. Like nobody was holding the ladder, he ran over there and grabbed it. But oh, it was G raver spot. Um, when G Raver just kind of oh, fell off. But yeah. the then, <laughs> then, like you could tell right afterwards, he's like he, the match is still going on. He's out there like scolding the other referees, like get the fuck in there and hold it. Like right, what are you guys right. doing? Like, and I've always respected Max for that because he just it's just showing leadership as a referee, but also like yeah, some uh, luckily oh, I guess uh, luckily no one got hurt, but. Something could have very much happened on that ladder, and I'd really appreciate that Max Recon's uh, going out there and trying to keep the wrestlers safe on spots that... uh,
1: Being a professional.
0: Yeah, that's a better way to do it.
1: So we'll go kind of towards the ending here. After one failed attempt, the Bang Bros eventually hit the right on the bus on uh, Price. Then their third attempt flattens Cole. Davey with a 450 splash, and they cover Cole for the win. So our winners here are the Bang Bros. I have here that it was a great opener, fast and fun. The local guys won. The fans are happy. Also, I'm just going to mention the Bang Bros still show more improvement as they're becoming a team to be watched. They're also becoming mainstays on the GCW card. I'm cool with that.
0: Yep, I'm definitely cool with that as well. Like I, We've been singing their praises for a while since we've seen them. Um, I was shocked that they got the victory, though. Like I, I guess not really against a major right? sure tag team, but uh, I think... I want well, to go back. I think guys, that was their no. second win. Yeah, I think that was their second win as a tag team at GCW. When I went back that night and uh, looked at it, It was their second or first? Um, I looked it up that night because I was like, "Is that their first time winning?" I enjoy this match, as you said, when they went for the ride the bus though. On one of the attempts, Cole or uh, Alec Price hit like a running knee on that. Yeah. I thought that was fucking crazy. Like I run in my nose, like he killed him with that knee. Um, that was a cool spot, as you said. I like this. I've been liking it lately. The struggles. Of these trying to hit the finishers or their signature moves. And like we're seeing a little bit more of it of the cool storytelling and ring of struggling to hit your finishing move. And this was another match with it. I wish this would have gotten a little bit more time, just over, uh, just under seven minutes. But it was a good way to kind of test the waters with Alec and Cole, but also a cool way to give the Bang Bros a victory. And I I think tag team wise, I think you were asking me like who, who should be facing GC or. Uh, the East West Express for the GCW tag titles. Like, Bang Bros have to be up there on the top of this, in my opinion. Like, even though this is their first win, but they've been out there for a while, like, I think this, this should move them up a little bit higher than where they were, obviously. But uh, I think they should begin it just because they've been having incredible matches lately.
1: And I'll counter you just because I'm on the conservative side. On the, on this one only, because of where I see they're at and where they're going, I'd give them an additional six months of seasoning with the fans and with GCW, for us to know where they should go, but their trajectory right now is exactly where you said, and I'm hundred percent behind that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them picking up a couple more victories, obviously, to solidify their status as challengers for the belt for sure. But I was, a good way, as you said, to see where they kind of warm up, test of where they are with the fans and how over and all that stuff. But I, they've been. In ring, been incredible every single time we've seen him. That's obviously a big thing for me uh, with championship wrestling. <laughs> all right. Our second matchup of the evening, which was a fun one and I was definitely paying attention to, was Jack Hartwell and Arez because I'm Arez. I wrote my notes. So he's become one of these can't miss ones for me. It's like Viking on Arez. I've just been loving seeing all the stuff Arez does in the ring. And it's it's been fun and incredible like incredible to watch. And seeing Jack Cartwheel, how he's progressed up higher and higher, and he's getting better in the ring, too. I was really excited for this match, and this match definitely delivered in my eyes. Okay, so
1: Jack Cartwheel versus Ares. I wrote here two very interesting styles, but there is one thing they both have in common. They both have unorthodox styles. Cartwheel does something no one else does, And the same thing can be said about R.S. So I can say, though, that R.S., he has an unconventional style that's unique to him. There's only one R.S. It's a beautiful thing. If you want a copy of R.S., there isn't one, which means if you want him, you're going to have to pay him. Speaking of unique performers, though, Cartwheel arrives, the super face. He's got the white shirt, the blue tassels, the red, white and blue gear. Dude is electric and happy as hell. There is no Veda Scott for the cartwheel counter, unfortunately, this time. So no one kept count. The match starts with cartwheel doing a cartwheel and Arez refuses, gives Jack the middle fingers. Jack is coming out with moves I have never seen before, so I didn't even write them down here. Arez comes off as the smarter veteran in this match. He also had that uh, awesome wrap in the ropes. He did that on cartwheel. Then a crazy condo clutch just so much unique stuff going down. The uh creativity yeah, the creativity level was extremely high. It's almost a shame to see both of them in one match and not actually smeared across the card mainly because there was just like the creativity between the two, they could have split them up and had two creative matches, not just one. So it was really interesting that they'd put them both together. The match also told a story of like two very strong and capable men just completely fighting their asses off. They weren't afraid of each other. Both were dangerous and what they may pull out is unpredictable. Our finish went like this. Cartwheel with a corkscrew off the top rope for the win. So Our winner in this one was Jack Cartwheel
0: i have a lot of kind of similar notes here i wrote it was an intriguing match fun to see these two being paired against each other as they're both incredibly innovative and this was a very entertaining match i wouldn't i definitely want to see this one ran back because i like i said our res is can't miss for me and jack Hartwheel is just improving every single time and he was a good foil for our res here getting into these uh, crazy submission locks and contorting his body in different ways for our res i thought it I helped Alrez look better uh, throughout this matchup uh, because of Jack Hartwell.
1: So uh, it was only 11 and a half minutes, but they've really filled those, uh, those minutes with action. I have down here, it was fun and it was fulfilling. I know there's a, that's probably a good way to put it. It was that if you're going to have to sit for 11 and a half minutes and watch people wrestle, this one to me felt like I got everything out of it that I wanted to get of it out of this wrestling match. Money was being thrown in the ring, as it should be. Both take a turn around the ring for the fans. Definitely a feel-good match. Kirby Alexander then comes out to Kirby Chance. (laughs) He's a legend in Chicago. He has an excellent delivery on the microphone, so I can see why they brought him out. They really appreciate somebody who has talent. So Emma was more than happy to step aside for one of the matches there. And uh, yeah, Kirby rocks.
0: Yeah, that will lead us into our third matchup, as it is Lufisto going against Robert Anthony, and this was not the scheduled match. Um, as oh, yeah, never mind. Uh, this wasn't the scheduled match, but I'm glad to see Robert Anthony. I remember when we saw him last time in, I think it was Chicago area. We both were impressed with his kind of uh, his heel tactics. He felt like old school heel. He was, he, I think we compared him to cardona if i'm not mistaken maybe i said that cardona but that's what i was really feeling especially tonight with his uh soliloquy and pre-match promo going on uh, soliloquy yeah yes. good I word read dic- i read a dictionary today they use in the right sense <laughs> Well, you did it okay you did okay, okay. <laughs> but i was glad to see him back and um i as you'll kind of go over it uh it was cool seeing step, that us either one to step up and challenge him because um We were talking about Lufisto last time, how she needed a a stronger opponent. And I thought this was a good matchup to uh, have this kind of matchup that showed her toughness for sure. Definitely, uh, definitely showed her toughness because Robert was beating the shit out of her during this matchup.
1: Yeah, this was this was a rough one for Lufisto. That's for sure. Um, Anthony comes out. He's scheduled to wrestle Sawyer Wreck. I think it was travel issues. We'll say that went on there. But 20 years in the industry, he comes out and he tells Kirby, shut up, you fat piece of shit, which the fans just booed heavy over. He said he's the king of the suburbs. Fans do not like him. He called some of the wrestlers he last wrestled, Ham and Eggers, which I thought was funny. I love the guy, Ham and Eggers. Like, that's such an old school statement right there. Like, anyway...
0: He had a lot. Of, he just he yeah. felt very old school. This segment did too, and I thought it fitted pretty perfectly with how this car to end up uh, turning out.
1: And he's like, he's pointing into the crowd. He's like, is it going to be you? Or are you going to be the one? He's like, goddamn right. It is you. Uh, excuse me. Had to yawn there. Uh, Actually, anybody who's watching has already been seeing me yawn a couple times, unfortunately. I'm trying to wake up here. Um, He's also asking, like, what about the Flusian Green? And people really got mad about that. And then finally, he found an old guy. He said, listen, old-timer, I will kick you in the Santa Claus nuts. And uh, maybe 10 seconds later, he goes, fuck you, Santa Claus. Who's going to do it? And then all of a sudden, Lufisto comes out. She gets into the ring. He calls Lufisto a Hall of Famer. Honestly, between that and Kirby, if you notice, he's really putting one over. He's like putting everyone over nicely. So totally well done. Total professional.
0: Yeah. Perfect job as a heel to get all the fucking heat on yourself while putting else, literally everyone else in the building over uh, on your behalf, which is always a cool thing to see.
1: So yeah, Lufisto showed up and I don't know if people really knew, but she was set to wrestle DeLander, but DeLander couldn't make it. So this was basically throwing two matches into one, you know, just making the most of the situation, what to do. But uh, yeah, we didn't know who was coming out at the time. And Anthony's like, who the hell are you? And then obviously he kind of played a little later than he knew, but I also didn't realize how little Lufisto was. That is a that is a little lady. Let me tell you, I was really surprised by that. Uh, yep. Lufisto starts the match with a heavy slap to Anthony's face. He makes Perch take off the robe, the referee. I thought that was a cool little cocky move.
0: Well, going back to real fast on Lufisto's side, I know that's probably going to catch heat for saying this. Did you hear what uh, Robert Anthony said? Like, <laughs> like I asked for someone, a real wrestler to come out here, not some Oompa Loompa. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, because especially out to the shit she's been saying lately on like social media about how like how she didn't feel comfortable with her body and all this stuff. And having that comment, I was like, oh, shit, man, like, really, you're going to get the fuck me out of here now. <laughs> now like, I was like, this better be one of these moments where like, yeah, you get your shit talking in now, but you're definitely going to be eating Lufisu's boot this entire match. And that's what did happen, which was nice. But yeah, I thought that was a little uh, extreme <laughs> calling her. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, it was just great. We had Lufisto chance
1: as she kicks with like two feet, launches Robert off the fucking mat. She's having fun. She works him on the outside for quite a few minutes. Fans are enjoying holding Robert as she chops his chest. Robert developed this nasty handprint across his chest. Ego sucks, Chance. Fuck this guy, Chance. I can clearly hear, say you quit from ringside. Normally you could not hear that on camera. I think that's absolutely great. I feel like I'm more there. Uh, Fuck Joliet, Chance. If anybody wants to know, that's a small city in the south of Chicago. But eventually, they get back in the ring. Anthony gathers heat by being disrespectful and abusing Lufisto for several minutes. Lufisto fires back with the entire crowd behind her. He's chopped down the size, and she lays into him with heavy blows. After about eight minutes, it seems like they are both finally even. Lufisto chants throughout the whole match. At the end here, we have Lufisto with a low blow and slams him on the ground. A big knee strike and a back fist for three. Our winner here, Lufisto. Yeah, she was a favorite in this one, and she uh, won with a low blow. That was kind of funny, but but he's an asshole. So I mean, you know,
0: yeah, it, all, it was called for. Exactly, it was it was called for. Nobody <laughs> nobody's gonna uh, worry about that. Her going to uh, the having to go to the low blow to pick up the victory. I liked on the outside too how like they had like the fans that Robert Anthony was like fucking yelling at the entire time, end up holding him down, and uh, while Lufisto gave. Gave him chops the fans are holding him down i thought that was a pretty cool moment as so you could see him like get the fuck off me get off me guys like <laughs> i just he just he played a perfect heel, and like i said this is why i think we were asking for him last time because he brought something different as a heel that if cardona's not on the show he kind of fills right in and i think he did an excellent job uh working this match and getting lupisto uh getting kirby over and the crowd totally against him and it was cool to see it was nice to see i, I actually got excited when i saw robert anthony uh, I, at first, I thought it was. Uh, this ain't the guy with Frank the Clown, is it? No. Okay. No, okay. I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, uh, that, yeah. Now I'm so. thinking Chicago area. Like, I think this is the one guy. Like, I he maybe he did have Frank the Clown with him at one point, and we were like, get rid of him. Like, and you we were like, <laughs> oh, I like the clown. I like the facial reaction. I'm like, oh, he's better off without yeah. the clown. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking I, I of which, sidebar, just for fun, I saw the dark
1: side of the ring on Doink the Clown. Did you see it?
0: No, I didn't see it. Like I think I heard about it, but I
1: didn't see it. Dude was wild. Well beyond what I thought. Like, wild. Dude was hopped up on drugs one night at a bar, and he decides to attack I forget who, right? Got the shit kicked out. He basically had a hold of the guy's ears, the guy who played dork, Matt Bourne. Matt started to open his mouth like he was going to bite this guy's nose. And instead, this wrestler bit his bottom lip off spit it out so ended up he beat on him a little bit and got kicked out of the bar i guess 10 minutes later matt came back into the bar and got onto that wrestler again and i guess this wrestler beat the shit out of him this time he said 10 minutes later after he left the bar matt came back in again and tried to fight him again and just got <laughs> completely fucked like the whole thing was just it was one bad thing after another i mean he was so full of drugs when he died and just everything was bad he was yeah. not uh he he just it was rough for him from day one it seems wow yeah i didn't catch that one
0: i heard it was yeah. pretty bad though it's substance like, abuse of unfortunately that
1: did, yeah. that's that's what really got him it was like painkillers um mostly like um uh, cocaine painkillers that's oh, what yeah. i heard mostly so Poor guy. Uh, It really sucks. Um, Something I didn't know, and this will be something kind of interesting. The Wrestlemania here in Las Vegas where Doink came out and there were two Doinks. I don't know if you remember that or not.
0: Yeah, the one was underneath the ring. Okay.
1: Well that was basically him replacing his uh being replaced. And when he was even in the ring, he was like, This is my replacement. In the back of his head, he said, like, this is my replacement. And then a little bit down the road, he was fired, and that guy that was in the ring was his replacement.
0: I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, that Crazy. That that, Crazy. that sucks. That's a that's a shitty feeling. Like I had to train my like replacement, like halfway through the day, I was like, What job are you taking again? They're like, Oh, they said I'm gonna be working this day's so and that hours. I'm like that's my fucking days and hours. What the hell? <laughs> right, right <laughs> yeah, that was, that, wow. That's not a good feeling. And I could see why maybe that led to some of his uh, downfall with the substance abuse and all that stuff. That's crazy. I, they do a lot of good stuff on that dark side of the ring. Like, I think I am two seasons behind, but I've caught like clips here and there, or like, I've seen a lot of people talk about, especially that doink when how it was kind of hit harder than people expected. Cause they didn't know all the deep down stuff about the original Doink the clown.
1: Well, yeah, so I guess first of all, Matt was a little off and I guess one day I forget who it was, was looking over at Matt and he was like, look at that clown or some shit like that. Further down the road, uh, Vince came up with the idea and he's like, I know the perfect guy and he gave it to Matt Bourne. And then from there, like every time he would look at the outfit and shit, he was like, this is my life now. I wanted to be a wrestler and I'm a fucking clown. Uh, and that's how he looked at it and that was all he was kind of known for so as he got older and whatnot that was all he was he couldn't just be matt bourne he was known as being doing the clown yeah it was it was crazy like the whole thing was way deeper than i thought and yeah when he got released from wwe he went like way deep end unfortunately Uh, so and that makes sense man you lose a good paying job like that it's not gonna be easy oh for sure um, yeah, the story here was Local heel gets beat up by face. That's visibly smaller for the fans' pleasure. The story was basically David and Goliath. That's what we got here, and they did a damn good job with it. As Lufisto celebrates, someone comes in behind and attacks her. That person is Pero. He's choking her with a chain. Janela comes in and then hits him with a chair for the save. Pero stands up as he's unaffected. Janela then throws the chair again and again. It just bounces off his Perro, off of Perro as he leaves. Perro's fucking massive, and they played him up like just an immovable object. You know, Janela's throwing chairs at him, and he's barely affected. It. Uh, it's very interesting. They booked even that run in that way. I don't know what that says about uh, about Joey, or does it say more about Perro? i'm not sure but i've never seen really too many people get chairs launched at them like that and they're not affected
0: is this the first time we've seen Pero
1: since collective right now that's a great question i, I think could it, not tell you
0: i i think it is too and i i had a similar thing because i was thinking i think it is i'm not for sure but this is what i was thinking when i saw Pero come in i'm like last time we saw him he got tossed around by yoshihiku which obviously was great and funny but then like, yeah the next right. time we see him we get the bad like I saw the badass of that yeah, the no selling like fuck your chairs like I'm done playing games yoshihiku has gone but I love seeing like the duality of Perro's character where he'll sit there and have fun and do the Yoshihiku spot And then when it's time to be a fucking badass and as you said just muscles and bouncing chairs bouncing off him I think that's a that's a cool way to view Perro as well. Um, but I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, they're trying to build him back up after the Yoshihiku slot.
1: Wow. So yeah, Joey was the hero here. There were Joey Chance. I noticed many times we've had either Gage or Janela come out to right the wrongs in the ring. This would also be an enjoyable old school tag team if we had Gage and Janela. But right now, Janela's kind of tied up with Sawyer. But um, lastly here, right after this, another video package comes out to hype that next match of Jordan and Commander. and another badass looking video package they really they're really getting this whole thing together gcw is and whoever's doing these things just
0: awesome job you know a match we're gonna get here soon then uh based off kind of what you said uh your last statement what's that who you, who you thinking sawyer wreck versus paro hmm I, th- I think that's where we're going to be seeing just to kind of help build up sawyer or maybe it could just be paro just being the shit out of her and getting mega heel heat too but i could see like maybe joey joey and sawyer as you said going against pero and mason will be kind of like the new tag team matchup here i want to see just mason go one-on-one and like start going against i can't do it now again with Blake christian as champion but go against our biggest face and like just like jordan oliver be good way right now like him just start messing with jordan to become the jcw champion as a heel um i think that'd be a good Spot for him to go as a singles competitor.
1: I'm just stumped because I never thought of that matchup.
0: I, I didn't either. you said Sawyer like rest up against it. You said Sawyer and Joey. I'm like, oh, Joey and Mason kind of have the. Th- I think they have a little thing, not a big thing, but I could see that if, if that is the tag team that they're going to use, Sawyer's definitely going to have a one-on-one arrow. They lead up to that tag team, and I could see a moment of making sawyer look really really cool but i think they should use that moment in the one-on-one match to get Perro more over and then save like the big cool moment for the blow-up tag match of having sawyer chokeslam Pero off the top rope or some bullshit I yeah, because i i
1: i'm just saying if Pero and her meet up if Perro beats the shit out of her he's gonna look bad she's gonna look weak and if he beat and she beats the shit out of him he's gonna look weak
0: think he could do it originally with like cheating with the help of mason so it saves kind of your wreck and doesn't make you look too bad but i could see yeah it's got to be booked right
1: because that's why we never have haas's clash because there's always a loser yeah i think that'd be a
0: cool way to build them both up though and get pero even more mega heat all right let's go into match number four that the video package led us into as it is for the jcw world title as or not world title just the jcw title as the champion jordan oliver defends the belt against commander and once again thought it was cool hearing um thought of that was cool hearing mlj talk about the title defenses and i think this is think like he said the fifth one for uh this for jordan's match i think he said but i think i like hearing the, the amount of title defenses because it makes this, it builds up like the credibility and kind of like the this history of the jcw champion.
1: Well, you're right. The title is on the line. It's really amazing. But did you notice the champ came out first?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. That, that always makes it wonder. Saying, that's, that's, that's odd. But they must have seen Commander as the bigger star, I guess, in this one. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. If you're trying to put over someone, generally you do them last. they are trying to put over Commander here?
0: Maybe. You, I don't you, know. know how, you know how it works. You know how yeah, yeah, yeah. The last one coming out. Yeah, usually the champion usually comes out to last to build up. Yep.
1: So that was different. Never really. uh, I don't know. Rarely seen it. I was really surprised that's how that was placed. That's just had to mention it. Jordan has great reception to the ring. He's back from overseas. Commander also out to a huge reception. He's a million dollar man. He looks good. He's going to continue to uh, keep moving up the ladder. Much success to him. The opening minute is a flurry of bodies flying around everywhere a nice spot where commander had this huge dive from the top rope and over the corner posted on top of jordan onto the floor there's another spot where jordan was catching commander on the side of the ring and side slam onto the edge of the ring into a brain buster onto the floor also again max recon handling this match the twitter posts of him serving in iraq and he mentioning the life-changing roadside bomb in Fallujah. I just wanted to kind of mention it for myself. Thank you, Max. Minute six and Commander becomes more violent. He's faster and his strikes have more impact. I'm noticing he, um, he takes like more time. He's taking his time up the ropes instead of just running up the ropes. I don't know how much you're noticing that. Um, that negates his chances of fucking up. I also think that's part of those changes I was talking about a few episodes ago where he was told to kind of dial it back and be more careful. That right there was a great example. Yeah. He runs up those ropes. Now he kind of walks up them and kind of holds himself up the ropes. If you've noticed, he's been training how to do that differently. It's, it's obvious anybody who's seen him, as many times as we have you can see it every single time he runs up the ropes dude check it out it's it's like a ladder he treats it like hand foot or hand like foot hand foot hand
0: that's the one you thing know? i noticed during this match that he didn't like it he didn't seem to hit as many maneuvers from the top rope as normal then yes. I, I just said that i was just thinking like oh yeah maybe he didn't go up top as much but i think he did but he just kept on missing like what he was going for which i think is cool because yeah. I mean the rest are sitting there for 30 seconds. Like I, realistically, they should be getting up and doing something to kind of block it or or do something. So I do like it keeps it looking more realistic when they are able to kind of block Commander from doing those spots.
1: So minute nine and both men are fighting with chops of the chest back and forth. Both men are down and huge GCW chance break out in the crowd. Minute 10, the match pace picks up. Jordan's in control jordan with a nasty acid kick the match pretty much looks over commander though he kicks out at two commander answers with a moonsault minute 11 and towards the ending of this match commander with a moonsault into a cradle kick out at two commander then up top runs the ropes into a shooting star press jordan turns it into a clout cutter awesome fucking move Oliver with a big boot into the Orange Crush for three. Jordan Oliver is our winner here with a rare finisher that we don't see as often anymore, the Orange Crush. Nice to see it come out, huh?
0: Yes, and I was kind of hoping Uh, since I even wrote here, so I was like, I thought it sh- uh, when he hit the shooting star press and turned it into a cutter, like, I thought that should have been the end because, like, hey, that yeah. was a cool-ass move, and, like, that's his finisher, and I thought it should have been an odd- done and over with there. But when he did the orange crush, I thought he should have to just step up the maneuver instead of just kind of keeping it a little bit lower than that. Clout, the clout cutter out of nowhere. I thought he should have done what he did with Jack Hartman, throw him on the ropes and bounce back and catch him into the orange crest because that was a cool move. And we haven't seen it in a long time. And I think Amanda would be a perfect person to bounce back to Jordan that way. But I was glad to see the orange crest cause I do love that as his finisher and I I wrote that same thing, too. It's cool seeing the Orange Crush. Um, I, I love this match. It seemed like a little bit, the timing was off a little bit at the beginning, but then they caught, they gathered themselves and got back on the same page. But overall, I enjoyed this match. And another title defense for uh, Jordan, which is good. Also, on the outside, when they hit that, when you said that brain bust, so I was going to hop in there. Uh, when Jordan hit that brainbuster on Commander, like, the way his neck and body fell, like it looked mm-hmm. bad. But the way Jordan was holding his head and like kind of like no contact was made, I thought it was like so good of Jordan, like the way to protect Commander on that move. But it looks fucking sick as hell the way he just fell to the ground that way.
1: So both were awesome. <laughs> the fans were very appreciative of that match, and it's obvious. So are we. I think that's the best way to close that
0: one on my end yeah i that's I i wouldn't mind seeing that ran back and it's getting me closer to my uh one of my new dream matches of vikingo versus jordan if oh my god
1: you saw me get scared for a minute my wife just came in for just a moment so <laughs> i saw somebody in the dark and i'm like what in the hell and it was <laughs> coming out so like arrow, sneaking up behind you we're actually running live right now on so oh yep. Yeah, see and there she goes real quick um, She actually came up to tell me good night, real quick. So, if you feel like talking for 10 seconds, I'm going to tell you okay. good night. All
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good uh, good, uh, matchup, though. And now we're about halfway through the card. And that was good first half of the show. And um, I don't know if she sees this and I added this uh, title at the bottom. Um, Great, great car. So, uh, great car so far, though. <laughs> For our fifth matchup of GCW's Ride or Die, it is a six-person tag match as the team of Los Misisos and Rina Yamashita go against the team of the one called Manders and the rejects of John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley. Cool scene, Reed Bentley, and Manders fit in perfectly with that team. I loved that trio as a team, and Rina... Fit in perfectly with Los Macisos as well and I was waiting for some sort of fuckery in this one I didn't know if they were getting glass I was trying to remember last time we were to tell y'all if we got glass or not but I was interested to see the amount of fuckery we got and we got the doors the chairs and stuff so this made that match uh, pretty extreme and pretty violent and it was a, a pretty fun and entertaining match I enjoyed seeing like I said seeing the rejects back together was a cool part for me during this match I don't want
1: to fuck up the flow because I was going to go into my notes. I just wanted to kind of mention because it was breaking here. I don't know if you saw it. It was on Facebook. GCW is going to Tijuana, August 13th. Fucking Tijuana. Listen to this. Here's why I broke in. Not only are we bringing the crew to Tijuana, but we are coming to make history as we present the first exploding death match in GCW history. Holy
0: shit. Oh, shit. I see the uh, poster. Okay, we got our res. I see our res. Confirmed
1: to appear, Damian666, Declope, Miedo Extremo, Joey Janela, Psychosis, Extreme Tiger, Gringo Loco, Joe Leiter, Baby Extreme, The Rejects, Jimmy Lloyd, Cole Radrick, and more. That's going to be a fucking crazy show. We're going to get to see some old GCW, maybe, where it was a lot of weapons and fuckery.
0: That's, yeah, that's interesting.
1: (laughs) I just, I wanted to mention that because that's like a first time historical thing, or I probably wouldn't have said much else about it, but okay. So yeah, um, let's get back here to our six person tag team match. So Los Macisos, Serena, Yamashita versus One Called Manders and The Rejects. Honestly, there's nothing new for me to say about this six that hasn't already been said many times over. So I felt like going right into the match on my notes. So in Las Vegas, between you and I, dude, I honestly feel like we started the Ciclope chance that we've been hearing ever since. Also, I'm wondering with the chance, could we see Messiso's turning face? And would that strong. change them? Yeah, I know, right? Do you think they didn't come into GCW as faces, I don't think, either.
0: No, they didn't. Um, so something's changed. That's a, Like I said, I feel like they've been losing, and, and I think maybe that's setting them up to separate, but as regards to here, yeah, I think they'd still kind of face, even though they just wrestle however, then I guess during the matches sometimes they get a little uh, dirty, and Ciclope, of course, has a little wry look on his face, like, aha, see, I did this, and I didn't get caught. So I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't think they're turning heel, but I don't think they ever really were heel, other than when they first came back.
1: So Soclope was wrestling with the backpack again. Doesn't want to wrestle Manders. No one tags in with him for a while. It was a funny little spot. Rena kisses the Messisos for instant motivation. She breaks into a six person fight, broke down into the SGC rejects beating on Messisos and Rena one at a time. Minute four, Murdoch started grabbing chairs and a door from underneath the ring. The Mesisos were also grabbing doors. Mander was mostly staying in the ring and wrestling while the chaos was going around him, um, basically on the outside. There's a nice little spot I want to mention here where Rena grabs double balls on both rejects. Murdoch grabbed Miedo. Miedo grabs Galt. Bentley grabs Ciclope. Ciclope grabs Mander, so they're all having a ball. It was funny. I fucking loved it. But um, Murdoch was put through a door bridge. Yamashita was put through a door. They, ah, wow. Wow. Everyone throwing chairs, Sabu style, into each other's heads. Um, towards the end here, we had a chair bridge made. Bentley goes to the top rope and grabs Yamashita. Rina hit a splash mountain on Reed Bentley for the win. Our winners here, Los Macisos and Rina Yamashita. damn, dude, that threw me off with the little rim shot thingy. That's I had to do it, boys, huh?
0: Yeah, it's one of the one of the ones I get to react with, and that was perfect time. Well, not perfect time. but I got to work on my timing better. That's funny.
1: <laughs> violent little match. Busy. No glass. No one bleeding, and it was still violent.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing I found interesting too. That there wasn't like really any blood. I, I didn't notice there wasn't uh, no blood. I thought maybe somebody got blood from the chairs, but uh, oh, I, I meant, maybe I meant to say no one's really visible. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. You could you could be right too. I I just was trying to think off the top of my head, but um I'm glad that they are able to kind of do these matches to fill in for the death match. And it was still fun. And um yeah, I liked I like Rena, team with the I think she fit in pretty well there. And that yeah, the everyone's having a ball uh spot was probably the highlight of this match for me. It was it was pretty fun seeing the referee even get involved with it.
1: Dude, these guys had a really good time. And um I'll go into something a little interesting here. The rejects end up turning on manners and that's total rejects. That's just how it is. They start beating him up. Missy So arena, then come back to the ring and save him, save him. And yeah, the rejects were just being assholes. They were being total rejects. <laughs> so uh, next is intermission. There's the uh, Mike picking up the music again. Thank you for that. It is in my notes here such an integral part of the awesome feeling after a match consider this i would say we need to really mimic the big companies when it comes to audio so if you hear that fan noise is 30 percent of the whatever that's because for multi-million dollar billion dollar companies that works for them doesn't hurt for us to mimic those things so that we could also make sure our sound is just the same when the crowd pops we need to hear the crowd pop not from 30 feet away we need to hear the crowd pop right in our faces with us. So yeah, that was the last I wanted to really mention it. It just, it came in again. And I wanted to say that when they did it this time, it was there and it sounded good. So God, I'm a stickler on this episode.
0: About that. <laughs> well, so far the first half of the show was pretty much what I expected. It was very much entertaining and uh good energy too, from the crowd and from what we could notice, uh, Throughout the show, but I've enjoyed this card up until this point. I, I, was, I was surprised to see the intermission. I was like that for intermission for just a couple doors and chairs. But, oh, well, uh-huh, that's what that I it is. What too, it, yeah, that's what I was like. OK, maybe they're really going to set up some fuckery now. But uh, I didn't really see that in the next coming matches coming up. When I was looking during the intermission, I was like, they're not going to get crazy unless uh, Blake, unless Gringo gets crazy with Blake because Gringo usually gets crazy. In these big matchups with like him and Psycho Clown, we see him willing to do any and every spot and weapon and bricks and all that stuff. So um, when we came back, there was no fuckery set up. So I was obviously wrong already. And that will lead us into the sixth (laughs) match. Yeah, right?
1: Right. That's wrong
0: already. Yeah. I was wondering, like, wow, why is there an intermission unless they're setting up some fuckery? But did not get that. But we got a nice clean ring for the sixth match of the night, which is a six way scramble match with Starboy Charlie, Bobby Flacco, Hunter Drake, Jimmy Lloyd, Kenzie Page, and Teriyaki. It was cool seeing the New South people in this scramble, too. Like, it, yeah. was, it was good to see Teriyaki, Kenzie Page, and Hunter Drake, and Bobby Flacco, even though Bobby Flacco ends up joining Team GCW uh, for that GCW versus New South, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, short. Quick but high pace scramble. That's what yeah. I kinda wrote in my notes. I was like, just it was short, high fat, high speed, but it was nice seeing Kenzie Page added to the scramble because we don't really, really get a lot of like the women wrestlers added to the scrambles. They'll have like their own little spotlight matches. So I wanted to see how she kind of fit in. Cause I know we talked bad about her during one of the collective shows, and I found out that she's like NWA champion, and that's all a couple matches of hers there. I'm like, okay, yeah, I take it back. She's actually pretty good in the ring and just had an off night. And this was uh Another match that further solidified that I was wrong, and she's she held her own in this scramble. Like she got some time to do uh, pretty cool spots uh, with Jimmy Lloyd as well. All right, so here we go. I think this
1: review will be longer than the match. We should probably time this somehow. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're looking at nine twenty-five on the recording there. So Starboy would be considered the heavy favorite in this match. He's kind of been on a roll the last couple matches and he's been winning Bobby Flacco. If you didn't know, he has a fantastic YouTube page also on Twitter. He recently traveled all throughout central and South America and he documented absolutely everything. He shares it with everyone. Fascinating stuff. If you appreciate other cultures, Uh Hunter looking ready to go. I'm looking forward to seeing him grow into his body. Uh, good length. He has a great moveset there. Jimmy Lloyd, it's obviously not a scramble without Jimmy Lloyd. He's the one true ring general of the scramble. Pig Page, um, for me, I've seen her a few times. I'm looking forward to seeing maybe some of her best tonight. We'll see. Teriyaki, I'm always happy to see Teriyaki. Uh, there's innervation, Innovation. There's innovation. <laughs> moveset shows impressive agility and speed. But this was a standard fast-paced action scramble. Terry was showing off. There was a new move. I've never seen off the ropes. It was very hard to describe. Um, I can't even describe it. Is it the rebound? Like the
0: rebound back suplex?
1: Yeah, that shit was on another level. I've just I've never seen anything like that before.
0: Yeah, Um, he's got a couple like different rebound moves. I've seen him kind of start incorporated.
1: The corner one one that he usually does is really cool. I I don't know if he did it in this one or not, but damn, he's good, though. So the one thing I kind of noticed in this one, that is really something I'm not big on um, with women wrestlers. Kennedy's also a screamer for some reason with women wrestlers, particularly, I'm so sorry. That's the one thing I'm not into. There aren't many men who do it. If men do it, uh, I just, I'm not into it. It's just constant screaming. It's just, yeah. But outside of that, The two things that I wrote that I think are very important, I put that she is very strong. She executes and sells well. I wanted to make sure that I put that in there because I don't want to just be like, oh, screamer. No, I don't like the screaming thing, but absolutely everything else delivers. Tons of GCW chants as all six wrestlers are fighting all over the hall. A great spot where Hunter Drake does a moonsault from an opera box. Then Teriyaki goes up even higher from the balcony and does a dive down. More GCW chants go off. Our uh, our ending kind of went like this. Starboy hit a Poison rama- Rana on Jimmy. Starboy then with a Cosmic Swirl on Bobby Flacco. Covers him for the three for the win. Our winner, Starboy Charlie. He is becoming our star.
0: Yeah, he, that was a good victory for him, but kept the momentum going. And that I like the balcony spots. Hunter Drake and then Teriyaki even won up and it was pretty crazy. Like he just thought when Teriyaki fell too, like the camera angle was perfect. It kind of felt like watching Uh, was it Shane McMahon when he was like falling from the, Yes. when he was climbing up on the Titan, trying to kind of just fell backwards, and just like was falling. Like that's kind of how Teriyaki looked in it. It came off looking really good. I think on, on fight TV and that was a fun, cool spot for the scramble that I didn't think it would get that crazy. And everyone stepped up. I, I was taking notes here. Bobby Flacco is kind of growing on me a little bit. Like, how teriyaki's grown at me about the same speed and as fast because of his innovative moonsault like or hit it and moonsault when his innovative moves like he had a reverse like jumping x-factor from the top rope and then back rolled into jimmy lloyd and turned uh-huh. that into like a back roll up standing bulldog which was cool like he's innovative too and i that's a yes. tag team we were going after tag teams i want to see teriyaki and flacco go against like the bang bros i think they'd have a Fun, Ooh, match. That's a good a one. fun and innovative match a lot of great tag team moves i think both of them could do gosh
1: yeah that's a good point so that's really cool then because yeah Flacco's my boy dude dude rocks um it's just like some of the others like it just takes a while you have to watch them and then after a while once you've seen their library of mo- you know moves and their moveset that's when you're like okay i get it now sometimes it takes 10 matches sometimes it takes five it just Depends on how deep they have to go into their into their book to find some shit to pull out. And it's really cool. Now you found a couple of things on Bobby where you're like, OK, the jury's out, but it's kind of going towards Bobby being all right.
0: That's cool. I loved it. Like the first couple times I saw him, this is kind of how like my whole fandom of his of Like I saw him, like okay, cool. He's got the dirt bike gimmick. Oh, he's got the crowd behind him. Oh, cool. Mini, mini dirt bike, like a mini Undertaker going around the ring. Awesome. That's cool. That's something that's right, not being right. done. Good job. And then like every single time we've seen him, like he's done something different and innovative that like I've never seen. I don't see often in wrestling, like a, a non-typical move, and he's executing them perfectly. And that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to fall in love with him. Each time I see him, he's doing different. Same as Teriyaki, like still innovative moves. Like, I think Teriyaki has yeah. kind of like the more complete package, just at a very small, like embryonic stage of his. But like, once he breaks out, it's going to be crazy because like, I think he's got the look, the attitude. Like, his moveset's good, and the crowd gets behind him. I love the name. Obviously, it's a fun name to say. And I really think he's starting to get it in the ring. His charisma's starting to come through. And then now with Bobby Flacco, I'm starting to see, as Teriyaki, as I've seen in Teriyaki, it's like, Teriyaki's a little bit ahead of now where I see Bobby Flacco. And I'm seeing the same thing for Bobby Flacco. And it's been fun to see. And his YouTube channel is cool, too. Like, you get a lot of uh, cool stuff on his channel, that stuff you never would See, like the other day, I think he posted like a two minute clip on to Twitter of like him staying in like um, a hostel somewhere. Yeah, right. right? Like twenty bucks, and like he's saying like, "Oh, I got this shower, I got this bed area, and like I'm just chilling here for I got until the airport the next day." And like it's cool, like you get to see how he's traveling and doing how he's living. Kind of like he's doing like his own um, the life of, kind of like on IWTV. He's just doing his own on uh, YouTube, and I think that's pretty cool because he's bringing a lot of especially the stuff that he's done in like South America. That's stuff that we, I would never know about if it wasn't through him. And it's been interesting to watch those shows.
1: It's probably stuff I'd never do. Like some of the stuff he's doing, he's trying to save like as much money as possible and stay in places where, you know, he's trying to just, well, he's trying to just stay for as little as possible in places. He's going there. He's meeting people. He's making friends. He's, um, he's being told half the time that he's in dangerous areas and he finds out it's just, you know, there might be dangerous areas here and there, but mostly it's filled with nice people. And yeah, it's been really interesting to see him, you know, flow down, you know, float down the river and some of the fucking like monkeys and shit coming up and he's building a shelter at one time. I'm like, damn. So yeah, overall really like him a lot, but, um, yeah back to this here Starboy picking up his second consecutive win his last one was at the fswgcw2 show there were those two big dives for me that was the highlight of this match and yeah I would have liked to seen just a little more Bobby Flacco so I would have been happy with just a little more out of him, but of course we can only do so much. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear Lucy or Luna
0: barking? I was just about to say. I think my Lucy's bitches. a Big fan of but.
1: <laughs> they're my. They're dogs. They're female dogs, man. These are my bitches.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed this week, and this was the start off of it too. I'm gonna go right past that.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that. No, no, no. It's no, they're my bitches. Like,
0: wow. <laughs> but um i've been enjoying like how new south is presenting and their their workers throughout this whole weekend they seem like they spotlighted hunter drake teriyaki bobby flacco and kenzie page from the whole weekend is from what i thought uh, um as each all three events happened i think those were like the four spotlight people that new south wanted to show off and they did an excellent job in showcasing their talents to, uh, to the new GCW crowd possibly. But like I said, I, I was wrong on Kinsey. I take that back. She stepped up and she had a great match in this one. She had a great main event on New South versus GCW uh, on the third show that we'll go, go over later on in the week. But um, yeah, and Teriyaki and Flacco have been killing it. I Like I said, that, I, I took note of that. I want to see these two in a tag team against the Bang Bros. I think that'd be awesome, awesome, innovative tag team match. I think you got something there.
1: Uh, book, it. <laughs> book it. Book
0: it. Book it, it Lauderdale. Buddy.
1: Come on, Lauderdale. Book it, buddy. <laughs> right. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think that brings us on to our next one, my friend.
0: All right. Our seventh matchup of the evening is a tag team match with the team of Joyer Rec. I remember Joyer Rec. Joey Janella, and Sawyer Rec going against the team of Team Bussy fun match i i I don't know i just feel like seeing bussy going against like even though they haven't gone against like sawyer and joey at least this one felt like a pressure matchup but as the match turned out just kind of i don't know i i was expecting a little bit more from this matchup than i kind of got but um they end picked it up and kind of saved it for me i really liked the whole ending sequence um for this matchup
1: Okay, so hear me out. I got a couple ideas for names for Joey, Janella, and Sawyer Wreck. Are you ready? How about Janella Wreck? Or how about Joey Wreck? Now, here's a weird one. Janella Wreck and Crew. So in case there's more than two, yeah. there's three or four, it's Janella Wreck and Crew, but it's Wrecking Crew. Janella Wrecking Crew. That
0: one's good. I like that one.
1: Kind of interesting. Well, Janela and Crew almost sounds like a, a company that does, I don't know, garbage display <laughs> or some shit. Um, also, I was noticing that Effie had a daddy pair of undies on there, and uh, then we had
0: Allie with the mommy ones. That was I cool. Think, I did like that part.
1: I think it would be cool if we take either Dylan McQueen or Pero and we have Baby Bear. We could have oh, Daddy, oh, Mommy, Lord. and Baby Bear, and actually for Baby Bear, peril would be I'll fucking be, hilarious because yes. dude is a bear. Like oh that yeah, just be so great. But also <laughs> Dylan McQueen is such like he would so fit the part because he's young and like it would just work because he's still young. Like yeah, I don't know a better way to put it. But yeah, we can have Daddy, Mommy, and Baby Bear. <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't know. I was tired, but I was feeling imaginative. I guess so. Yeah, Janella reckon crew, I thought was kind of interesting because something could actually be done with that. Funny enough. I've I've heard people called worse. I'll <laughs> say that much. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and get this one rolling. Bussy was out to huge cheers as always. Big fun when they're both together. It's like a party. Joey and Sawyer have their entrance. I was laughing at Joey. He wanted to kind of crawl underneath and through the legs yeah. of Sawyer, but she started walking off. <laughs> uh <laughs> And then he like turned her eyes, like he asked her to come back so he could do it. Still, so she went over there and like opened her legs so he can go (laughs) over. Then he did and proceeded to basically roll down the fucking steps. Like it was good stuff. Um, It looks like GCW is maybe going to go with this tag team for a while, and I like the idea. They're both talented. Sawyer has enough of a persona that she won't be overshadowed by Joey, and Sawyer stands to gain almost everything from this partnership with him uh janela also is smiling with his front two still missing maybe maybe i should have stopped before i said the front two stuff but maybe i'm I'm sure you may may agree with me but she's got a she's got a big enough image there that joey's not gonna joey's really not overshadowing her he's complimenting her
0: yeah i I think she's unique enough and that she's gonna get her own fan base and it's kind of like if we kind of compare it to Effie and Allie, like Effie's going to have his fan base with or without Allie's, I think Sawyer's going to have the same way. And I don't think that Joey's overshadowing her at all. I, I thought that maybe that would be the case, that Joey would yep. too big a too big of a name to team up with Sawyer at this point in Sawyer's career. And uh, as you said, it's, it's worked out perfect where Joey's kind of like controlling the match and stuff, but like perfectly timing for Sawyer to do her spots and to get herself over big time throughout these matchups as well. So I was also curious on how this was going to be booked. Was this
1: face versus face or, you know, do we have a heel? Booking options were completely open for this one. So we get ready to get rolling. We had fuck them up alley chants from the crowd. Effie said something to alley and I couldn't hear it. I don't know exactly what it was. And again, there's where we had no ringside audio, but it would have been really cool to hear whatever it was. Sawyer was not shy with those huge boots to the face. I'm going to say it again. It works. I really like having her have it in her offense. Not many can do that, but she can So Why not fucking use it? That's, you know, it's like a Haas. They can do things that others can't do. So that's why they do it. And that's what makes them special. These fucking big boots make Sawyer special. So I hope she keeps with it. This match it was not working as a joke match it really was a real wrestling match outside of a few spots you almost wouldn't recognize the people in the ring as the performers this this is just more serious than usual i notice effie does a lot of to build up alley she'll do a move and he'll like drop to a knee and kind of like make it look like she should be watched like a focus on her i really like that i've noticed it more this match than ever before A door comes out at minute 11 by Effie. A door is then arranged into the corner. Joey was pulling out chairs at minute 13. Fans were now booing the team of Janela and Rec. Interestingly enough, it it took a while, but it got there. A nice little spot, a super sack rider on Sawyer, followed up by a sack rider on Janela by Effie. Effie then, we're going to go to the finish here because that's about the best way to put it. I feel like I'm dragging just a little bit here. So towards the end, Effie builds a door bridge. Effie is then on the top rope with Sawyer. She slams him down on the canvas for the win. Allie then spears Joey into a door, and Sawyer covers Effie for three. Wow! I put she slams him down on the canvas for the win. Huh. <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, wow. yeah, Sawyer covered Effie for the win. Joey Janella and Sawyer Rec were our winners. I've. I guess maybe because the ending was so awkward as to why my notes are awkward. You you did see how this ended, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I think maybe that's why my notes are a little awkward, because I was trying to type out what I was trying to write there. Um, No lie, though, that door didn't break, so Joey had Sawyer launch him into the unbroken door, and he broke it after about two solid attempts that's that's kind of what i'm talking about to the hardcore fans okay here's what happened (laughs) basically both of the big spots fucked up and it was kind of like it was kind of funny and it wasn't anything crazy it was just okay here's how it went basically on the side with effie and sawyer effie just had a misstep and that's that happens all the time but the only reason why I'm kind of mentioning it is because his misstep, he almost cracked the back of his fucking head off of either the door or the chair. And that could have been a really bad night for everyone in the arena. If they would have seen him just knocked out and probably bleeding. So that actually was fortunate. It wasn't worse. And I know Sawyer did the best she could to try to recover from that. So like I said, normally we don't talk about these things, but I want you to say in this one, Effie was really fortunate. He could really hurt himself bad. So, and then the other one with Joey, I'm only mentioning, because at the end they made a point to break that door. Um, yeah. Joey just bounced off the door. We've actually been having that a few times where people have been kind of bouncing back and off of things just because the materials are just so strong. And it's
0: so. like Joey too. Every time it's Joey, it's like <laughs> that was, his fault, but like he's, he's like the one that doesn't bounce. He bounces off the tables. No,
1: it's weird maybe he's just like all that weight loss now he's just i don't know it's something else what else got me here was the fact that this was almost an 18 minute match i was really surprised and happy that they let them breathe and then of all that time it was less joke and more seriousness and i really enjoyed it i know yeah uh, yeah i just i really enjoy that stuff wrestling yeah that is I-
0: yeah, I've, that's why I've been enjoying Effie. Like when he gets like the more serious Effie, like I know he's going to do his spots throughout the match. So that's the comedy and that's Effie. But when it does like step up and it's action time, like he's been killing it lately. And I even like wrote during this match, like I loved his interaction with Sawyer Rick. Like during the chop battle at the beginning, he's like, All right, my turn. I'm going to get you. And he hits her and he's just like, Oh shit, I barely heard her. He's like, You just see the look in his eyes. Like I'm about to get lit up right here. But I'll go back to what you were saying with him and Ali. And I think he does this with, almost every competitor and teammate, like Effie does a great job of getting everyone else over throughout these matchups as yep. he's playing. He's been like the best hype man as Ali's tag team partner. He's making the way he's selling Sawyer wreck throughout this match and making her look like a million bucks was awesome. Him and is just always going to have pretty good chemistry. I want to see, kind of see them kind of have another crazy, just one-on-one matchup, especially now that's Effie that we got sober Effie kind of going and he's getting, Seems like he's getting crazier and crazier. I want to see him like right before uh, he's able to, uh, was he on probation, right? Uh, for like a month or whatever. Yeah.
1: So, so there's so many angles there. They could do an angle where Joey likes the party and Effie doesn't, and that's a clash. Again, I think Effie should be a reformed Baptist. And I'm I'm just telling you, he should be a reformed Baptist and he should come out there and be like, I've changed for the better i found God, you're all sinners. It would be fantastic. Uh, anyway, anyway, though, um, I, I heard you saying that, uh, you know, those two should get together for kind of an old school thing. I'm there with you on that. And between the both of them, with all the uh, creativity that they have, it could, uh, it could make for something special if they give them, you know, eight weeks, four weeks to work with, to maybe have a nice build both of them could do something joey in the ring but effie you know making video packages so on and so forth could uh really put in something good there but creatively on the other side of it they pour over so much with creativity between the both of them you almost need to keep them separate so that they can take a young person like sawyer and elevate them uh yeah so i'm I'm torn but I see what you're saying, and would be really interested in seeing two of the older guard of GCW go at it.
0: i was just sorry. I was just watching the the table spot. spot. Joey even threw himself back into it, like as much as possible. Like you see him kind of go like that, and you just see like yeah. Alley Catch when it didn't break out. Alley Catch like oh shit again. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> that was, I didn't. I didn't miss that part live, I, but uh. I didn't want to
1: really, we don't really mention fuck-ups too often, but that one, for crying out loud, it was funny. There was one that was kind of dangerous. The other spot was, you know, one of our yeah. favorites just bouncing off the damn thing. So, you know, it's only the hardcores listening to us anyway, so we can all have a fucking laugh together.
0: Yeah, like I said, I never look at those as bad things. Like I just look at it as like, hey, that shows you how hard, like, and you all want to say it's fake and all this stuff. Like, look how hard they actually have to hit each other with the glass or the go through the doors to show, like, show the realism on that effect. Like, hey, they are flying through a door here. You gotta, you can't just sit on it and it breaks. Like, you gotta yeah. throw a whole bunch of body weight through it.
1: I've never went through a door. I think that'd be kind of cool.
0: I went through a table and, like, the table. Oh, like, one- yeah, I did like, it's, I don't mind the table because, like, it's kind of, like, better than fucking hitting the concrete, but the, the, re- the, the, that metal over, rail. The yeah, that metal rail around the whole table. That's what sucked. Like, when I saw doors, GCW is the first place I saw a door, too. When I saw doors, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so perfect. Like, there's no metal around. They break just as easy. And, like, I, I don't know, just, like, the metal part just fucking, I hated the metal part. I only had to the table once just to kind of see what it was. It was kind of a busted table. Anyway, it kind of already was pretty much broken, but I finished it as a as a tester in one of my wrestling classes like i just wanted to jump through it and i did but you're like fuck it <laughs> yeah, i was like might as well do it and it was funny too like i was just talking about uh with my father-in-law like we brought up the tijuana show like i was he was asking me like when i was training like how many matches like i didn't have any but i was like the one the one match i was almost didn't have like for my first matchup was going to be in tijuana like but it was going to be like a 200 hundred dollar payday for the weekend and i was paying 50 bucks for the room, 50 bucks for the hotel. And then like, I'm getting walking out of there with hundred bucks for food and everything. I'm like, I'm good. I'll just stay here. <laughs> and I was like, but... i was losing insurance and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, ah, it's just easier if I stay in town. But my first match was supposed to be in Tijuana. And it was like shortly before that match is when I first went through the my first table. And I was just like, ah, those don't hurt. They kind of break your fall.
1: Yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard that it's actually beneficial for the damn thing to, you know, uh, it it just breaks the fall, and a lot of people go. Well, they cut the table. Actually, you almost want the table to suspend with your weight for just a split second, and then let you down. You don't yeah, want the thing broken. To just you're just right going through. right through it. Yep. Yeah. Fuck yep. that. That's gonna hurt like hell. All right. So our next match is a fucking banger.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah, I was going to say, you just said that. <laughs> did you, it is did our you eighth match-
1: one? Oh, okay, nope. you are now.
0: Jeez. Yeah, I am now. It is our eighth <laughs> matchup as Metalik goes one-on-one with El Eho del Vikingo. And, of course, any Vikingo match, I'm all in. It was cool seeing Metalik back in. Uh, think at this. Think this is not his first time in GCW. I think we've seen him once or twice. Uh, we've,
1: we've seen him. It's just been a while.
0: Yeah, and I get the names that they they came in. Uh, Mascara Dorado, like, when they all left WWE and, like, they kind of picked up their old names. I kind of get them all confused now. But um I'm just off the names and stuff like that. So I don't remember if we seen Metalik or not, but it was nice seeing him in a GCW ring. And he looked great. Like, the, the his outfit was incredibly looking. Like, his presence. Like, he felt like this was going to be a big match. Like, I felt watching this was good. This is, like, one of those lucha matches that's going to set the tone for future, like, generations because like I just know metal League's freaking awesome man. with Vikingos it can't be a bad matchup but but just the way they presented themselves in this match I was looking for a really good match especially in Talia Hall with as much as brayzek as said as much lucha history as they have in Chicago. Um I was really looking forward to this match and as always it delivered and um one other one of those Vikingo matches you just need to go out of your way to see. It was fun. <laughs>
1: I want to see uh either Vikingo or commander take on Psycho Clown. I think that would be a fun little match.
0: I was watching last night uh, like a triple A, uh AAA all show and I don't know if it was just a bunch of run-ins or whatnot, but it was like the Young Bucks, Vikingo, Psycho Clown, they're all like in the ring together. I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> it's funny to mentioned oh. seeing the Psycho Clown and Vikingo. Like I saw them in the ring. I want to say they were together at that point last night. Interesting. That oh, would be so, a fun matchup.
1: So I also wanted to mention because I'm a sucker for this, I like metal music. Have you, I don't know if you actually can hear it or not, yeah. it out, but it's awesome. It's actually like classical Mexican mariachi. It is really fucking cool. And I don't know if you've ever been around people that have played that, but it takes fucking talent to be in a mariachi band. I'm not going to lie. And yeah, so I used to be a musician. So this is why I'm talking about this for a minute. Um, I actually had to room for a small amount of time with a guy that was in a mariachi band. So I had to listen to the music quite a bit. So it's like, I'm not a big fan of country music, but if you're around people that listen to a certain type of music all day long, after a while you start to get your favorites. Yeah. Same thing. So yeah. So mariachi music I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And it was a cool little song that he picked. So I just wanted to kind of mention that for a moment. Um, I don't know. That's like a sideways thing. You probably never thought I'd say. <laughs> no. So uh, and then all of a sudden, you see everybody's phones go up. The music starts playing. The King goes here. Brett Lauderdale, the Kingo is money well spent. I love the Kingo's green felt outfit, also. I'll, I'll touch on that for just a moment. The Kingo is definitely money well spent. Anywhere we go, the Vikingo match is a focus. The uh it, it feels like it brings in a lot more people too.
0: I'll be honest, even know. watching it on fight TV, like I saw medley come out, I was like, Oh, okay, here we go with the Vikingo match. Like I legit just get, get an excitement in me sitting in my chair watching out yeah. to see Vikingo matchups. Like he's like him and Arez, like right now are like my top two would go out of my way to watch them because they've just been putting on incredible matches and doing huh. stuff that I can only see those two do. I get anxious. So like, I kind of like, do anxious. a little bit. When he does these spots, like there's the one spot that he kind of messes up during this one. But like every time he gets on the spots, I get worried and anxious because like it's it's hard to do it. But like I said, he hit he'll hit nine out of ten. He'll mess up one every show, which is fine. If I get nine incredible moves and I don't get that tenth, I'm all for it. But every time he sets it up, like I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit.
1: Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's doing shit on another level. I can't really say anything about. Uh, a slip on the rope or anything because what he's doing requires a precise foot of you know a half inch this way and he's he's fallen off those ropes like dude is just so good with that but my secret here is I'm going to give out to everyone I have a hard time calling these matches it's just there's so much innovation they're executed at such a high speed you know It's just, it's really hard for me to take notes on this shit because it's like, oh, he just did this. And I'm like, how the fuck do I even explain that? And I'm actually seeing now why Emil's on the mic because everything is just so hybrid and unnamed that someone needs to be there to call out the moves quickly and can also piece together the name for some of the moves and holds executed because you know i could see Prazak there he's like i've never seen that before and then you'll he'll, he'll hear Emil go well yeah it's like a standing star mm-hmm. splash with a blah 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 kicker the twist. like yeah exactly Damn. yeah and and yeah sometimes he'll be like that he'll be like it's an avalanche corkscrew double twist and i'm like holy shit he's piece by piece taking you know and putting it together and that's Absolutely fantastic,
0: and I've said I've always thought MLJ needs to be on every single one of these lucha calls. I think I've said that since we started the podcast together because he enjoys lucha wrestling. He knows the history. He loves it. He knows most of the names. Like I said, like that's one thing I fall like in that and those like nowadays with some of these moves, I forget like some of these names to them. Or I'll just do like oh, it's a double backbreaker into a twist, like how ML does. But then like boom, no, it's actually the meteor or whatever. You know what I'm saying, like he has yeah. the move down and he knows and he's a student of the game and this was a i think you said it called it this is the perfect example of him showing and letting his knowledge be known to the world of what he does with uh lucha wrestling i think he's a great lucha commentator for gcw
1: so the men square off and the fans yelling lucha lucha followed by ole chants the ole 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 i thought that was fantastic a lot of excitement for Vikingo from GCW fans. We have a star on our shows. He's a draw. Every match I've seen him has been worth my money. I look forward to his matches. Losing Vikingo at any time is going to be a big problem. There was a crazy spot where Vikingo executed a head spin and literally pulled the mask right off of Metalik's face with his legs. I don't know if you've had a chance to see that spot, but I was like, "Damn!"
0: Yeah, like I hate. Even on accidents, when the mask comes flying off, I'm like, oh shit.
1: <laughs> Dude, that shit was crazy. All right.
0: So, minute eight, they went to the floor together.
1: Commander ate a super kick and got thrown into a bunch of chairs. Fans are yelling boo. And that's when they started booing everything Metalik was doing. <clears throat> Excuse me here. Up to the 11 minute mark, Metalik comes off as the veteran. And you can see that he's a little rough on Vikingo, but that's because he's a heel. Minute 12, and Vikingo is limping from damage to his knee. Vikingo is now slowing down a touch. He still executes a beautiful five star frog splash that landed on Metalik, who was laying in the center of the ring. Metalik has gotten roughly 40% of the offense in by the 15 minute mark, but Vikingo's offense has had much more flash. Holy shit chance for Vikingo hitting a killer corkscrew dive from the second rope on the outside of the ring to the inside. GCW chance as fans are running up and pounding on the ring mid-match. Also this is awesome chance we're coming out from the fans at this point. All right. So also we had Lucha Chance as Vikingo and Metalik exchange forearms. Vikingo beaten up badly but standing toe to toe with Metalik. There's then a huge Tope by Vikingo created a, which created a ton of different kinds of chance. Fans are basically eating out of their hands. We had fight forever chance, Lucha Chance. Vikingo then goes for a 630 and Blake Christian appears. He throws Vikingo off the top rope and stomps Metalik's head into the mat. This match was then considered a no contest and it was called. So Blake then grabs a microphone. He says, GCW, this is his house now. He says, no one came came to see a bunch of lucha bullshit, which the crowd hated. They came to see the GCW world champion, Blake Christian. He mentioned Chicago, Illinois. And he said, yeah, I said it with the S. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. So it was it was absolutely hilarious. Blake's entry is always very surprising and dickish. He's an ass and a spoiler type heel. This is the kind that we do not like. Um I'll stop right there. Do you have anything to say? Because I just covered a whole bunch of stuff and I have heartburn. So I'll let you talk for a second.
0: Uh yeah, no, it was a good match. Um uh like you said, uh seeing meta leak uh in there. I still get like I find it crazy every time when I watch Vikingo, like, like he catches someone like bigger and just catches them midair and doesn't like drop them. Ever, I think it's it's yeah. awesome showing the strength, um, showing his strength, and that's so something that you won't expect watching Vikingo matches. But I really do enjoy whenever he gets to show off his strength. But yeah, I thought this was a great match. Once they were kind of down in the middle for a long time, I didn't think he Blake would come in. Well, I was thinking somebody else was going to come in. I didn't know exactly what. Um, And it was like, yeah, because they were just seemed like they were down there for a while. Um, And then when they finally kind of stood up and Vikingo was just standing on the top rope and Blake pushed him off, I was like, that's what I I kind of expected, but I didn't think it would be Blake. I I actually kind of lost track of time. So when Blake came out, I looked. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is almost time for the main event. So this kind of makes sense. And it's kind of a smart way to still keep Vikingo and but a leak strong, I guess like there is no winner. I think it's, it ruins it because obviously there is no winner. And now that the last time I remember he, he did this was, during, or Charles Mason did this during the East West express versus Ali, catch an Effie Match in AC. Like, and I was just like, Hey, wait a minute. Who's the fucking winner here? Like, why did we just watch 15 minutes of this match? And there's no winner. And it's obviously to help get Blake more over, but um, I would have preferred to see, a winner in that situation just because it was a fun match and that 21 minutes and now we get no winner and Blake's still a dickhead
1: well my concern here it, <laughs> that's funny uh my concern here is that blake and mason don't cross paths why they have similar heel styles all the way from the run-ins you know that it's just screams mason so Hopefully they stay a little bit away from each other because of that reason. I don't want them to, you know, be pulling double run-ins everywhere.
0: I think this sets up a cool moment, though, that could possibly be like a triple threat match. Now, Metalik and Vikingo going against Blake Christian because they, he interrupted that match and there was not a winner. That's a sets up a possible match that I would be very interested to see.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good point, too.
0: I do want to see Vikingo against Blake. Not really. He could throw a better in there just because he was in this match. But I, I think I want to see Vikingo against Blake Christian for the belt this time. Because their first match in UCC was only like eight minutes long. And that was his first match in GCW. So and that one, I don't think they ever did go back and add those. I got to go back and check on Fight TV if they ever went and added those two matchups from him and Joey. And they see as you well. You know what? If they did, they probably would have announced it. I'm just thinking,
1: you know what I mean? That would be such a big deal. Hey, go bring traffic to our episodes. We just added the, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they did. I'm just, of course, I'm just guessing. So who the, you know, who the fuck really knows? Um, Gringo Loco then runs out and everyone goes nuts. Blake and Gringo have a little skirmish and eventually they're separated long enough to have Emil announce them for the match. Purchase our match for the main event. He... uh, Purchase our match. Purchase our rep (laughs) for the main event. He gets a perch chant, which I thought was really cool. Gringo also gets his name chanted. So he's fighting out of and representing Chicago, Illinois, and the people go nuts. The base god Gringo Loco is in the house. Blake is out next, of course. He climbs the top turnbuckle, and people heavily boo. Amongst other things that were being said by the fans, we really lean heavily into our heels. And I do love that at GCW. Something GCW does well is that they don't have a stone cold heel syndrome. Basically where the more bad stuff the heel does, the cooler the fans think he is. So they cheer him like a face. So I wanted to kind of mention that real quick because I, you've got a look on your face. I'm scared to ask.
0: Uh, They added, uh, they added Joey and Vikingo's AC match, but they don't have Blake Christian versus Gringo. Okay, yeah. It's America's Most Wanted yet.
1: Yeah, there needs to be a rematch then. It's coming.
0: So, yeah, um, I don't know if Sorry. you
1: noticed that or not. No, no, that's good. But I don't know if you've actually noticed that or not, but GCW does have this thing with making sure that their heels don't turn into Stone Cold Syndrome type heels where they get cheered instead of being booed. Yeah, they're fortunate because that's a really difficult thing right now in the industry for quite a few companies.
0: That was like the one closest they did get. That was Atticus when he was going against Jordan, like after the whole Jordan stuff. Everything Atticus did, even though he came in like the heel, like to cause and wreck shit up, like the fans were loving it because he was kind of like the deathmatch person that was fighting to deathmatch alive. So maybe that's why they're doing it. But he's been like kind of the closest I've seen GCW where hey, like, we want to keep him an asshole and a heel. We don't want them to cheer. But Atticus was the closest one that almost, like, it doesn't matter what you want, we're still going to cheer for him anyway.
1: Well, I mean, you have to see that, I mean, with Blake Christian, they still like him enough to boo him with full support. They could kind of fuck with him in the other way and fuck with his booing. And we we have smart enough fans we can make him look unaffected and it would completely kill his run. So, you know what I mean? We're all kind of, I mean, you know, some of the chants I've heard was you used to be cool, which was a funny chant. And another one was like, you still suck. You know, like even yeah, though he just cool hit a killer yeah, move. I love that. Yeah. And, and it's just a show of respect, but uh, yeah, Perch holds up the belt high and we're almost underway. We had gringo chance. Side note. It's amazing the fans aren't spent after an amazing match between Vikingo and Metalik. It was almost 22 minutes long before it was called a no contest. Normally fans would be gassed out for the next match. Um, at this point, I put that they may gas out. I was unsure. I found out later they didn't, but also again, two very similar style matchups are being featured back to back here. If You're noticing. Yeah. So, I find that interesting that they didn't maybe put Effie's match in between these two would be an interesting spot, possibly just thinking, but there may have been a reason for this and they may have considered it a double main event. I'm not really sure, but
0: yeah, I, I didn't even think about that till you said, so It is kind of weird. The last two matches kind of be back to back like that. you normally, you want a little break for them to kind of gather themselves and get back into the, over the match instead of coming down from their high real fast and expecting them to stay up for another 20 minutes for the next match, which is the main event. Yeah. But I think it might be smart because it is Gringo. It's the, At is it the hometown guy and it, and it was the main event yeah. against the top yeah. here. So I did have a lot of stuff working that way, but I didn't even think about that. It does make more sense to have split him up just a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's a good catch.
1: I mean, as a performer, would you want to have to follow Vakingo? Right. You know what I mean, <laughs> This motherfucker's running the ropes and he's defying gravity. Dude's jumping on clouds. I mean, you know, but uh, yeah, I knew that Vikingo and uh, Christian were easily going to deliver. I mean, between the both of them, there's so much fucking athleticism there, and they they definitely delivered, but um, if the card filled up with more stuff like these last two matches, GCW would be on another level as a like as a company, I I don't have a better way to put it. I don't like using ECW all the time, but it's time for GCW now to seriously keep looking at what they're doing and get ready to go to that next level. It's it's time. We we got maxed out in Vegas. We yeah. maxed out in LA. I think it, we max out in AC. Yeah. I well, think when they're sure. when they're not fighting in a warehouse, <laughs> like the size of a you know a huge ass warehouse, but yeah, I'm I'm hoping we see that here soon. Hoping we see them go to the next level and
0: I think it's been possible. It's been beneficial to having a present champion even though we all hate him. It's been nice having the championship be constantly in our eyes on every show and being talked about throughout each event because that obviously helps a lot of the momentum and stuff for the company that we were yeah. seeing for a little bit when we had a kind of a part-time champion. Well, man
1: it's just i can't believe these guys had to follow it had to go after vikingo still that that blows my mind because as a fan you're like okay they did that how do you how do you follow up and you know make it just
0: as exciting and they did i don't
1: know i, I think it like i'm repeating perfect. myself but it's it's
0: i you know. think it's just a perfect scenario for them to follow that up and it was perfect kind of lead in to get blake on the mic as we to kind of say we don't want him on the mic but he definitely got his booze in chicago and I, he is way more comfortable now as this heel on the mic and i thought he did really good work of getting the fans to shit on him even more as he shit on lucha wrestling and i mean <laughs> i think gringo is going to have a say i think these two like I, they might have done this on purpose like i said to set up maybe like some sort of maybe even fatal four-way match or triple threat because vikingo is pretty much like a gringo loco kind of guy like the yep. lucha stuff i don't know how with Metalik and stuff but like i know as much as gringo and vikingo around that it added into the main event of it being more personal now than it already was and then him shitting on lucha wrestling in his home state, chicago i thought it was perfect if you're going to do it this way this was the perfect way or time to do it and i think it was a perfect lead-in to the main event to get still have the crowd be energized and enthusiastic throughout this main event because of blake christian's yeah, it was
1: well thought out and well executed. I'd have to say, whoever put it all together, whether it was Brett or whether it was Blake, or it was well done.
0: Oh, now I thought, uh, now I now remember who I thought was going to come out was uh during that. Sp- well, I didn't think it was going to be Blake, I thought it was going to be Charles Mason, just playing off of kind of what they did with uh House of Glory with Mason and Viking. I thought that's what it might have been. Oh, that's, okay, who, okay. that's who I was thinking of, not Blake. And then when Blake came, I was like, oh. shit. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm I'm wondering if we're gonna be working more with House of Glory after that little run in and everything with East West and um, I hope so. Who's over there? Talk to me, maybe. or you just don't know, and we can look it up when we get a chance. But uh, main check event the roster, who's who's over there?
0: The main event's cool. Um, they had Carlito there, but he doesn't he's not a normal person over there. But I thought that was pretty cool having him over. Um, Amazing Red, which is still awesome to see um kind of pull it up right here right here real fast i'm glad that they could this name this all back like when i was watching them like we they used to get the briscoes all the time um yeah they actually got someone else working over there too uh, um from gcw that i thought was pretty interesting i can't remember the name off the top of my head here um uh, motor city machine guns i
1: know i've definitely done some stuff over there
0: yeah so they got charles mason main event um uh, i'm trying to think of other names like that we couldn't we jacob fatu Alec Price. I didn't know Alec Price wrestled over there a couple times. Um, Alec Shelley's been over there a couple times. Leo Rush, Loki, Cardona. I mean, they got like a pretty good like names. Speedballs worked over there. So they don't really have like kind of like their normal ones are kind of more the the uh, New York people. Like Mason, I know I've seen him on almost every show and main event. So um, I'm just trying to think of other names similar to what we see in JCW.
1: Oh, you know what? I'm looking right here. Yeah. Charles Neon, Midas Black, Amazing Red. Yeah, they don't even have
0: a roster on their page because of... Oh, Jordan's going over. That's who it was. Jordan's going over, over there on this weekend, actually, uh, for their student showcase. But it looks like he's like in the main event of that show. Interesting. Yeah. But hopefully that's probably going to lead into that, the GCW show coming up there, as what I'm assuming. That might run like a little angle at the end of that night with... Uh, what's his name? Um, Amazing Red. probably Mm. set up that title match interesting
1: yeah i was just looking who's worked there in the last two years it uh charles mason is definitely one of the top guys that have been there amazing red so yeah uh i saw a couple interesting names over there too and trying to think of a couple of them i already took the page got rid of the page before (laughs) i looked at some of these damn names anyway Okay, so Blake Christian, Gringo Loco. Did you announce this match, or am I just going into it?
0: Uh, I don't think so, but I'll do it real <laughs> <All> fast. <right. laughs> Our main event after Blake Christian and Vikingo versus Metalik is bastard. Blake Christian defending the GCW world title against Gringo Loco. Yes, Blake Christian is still a bastard. He's a bastard. I wasn't even thinking. Him. <laughs> so fucking fuck him. I'll be honest, this was the first time I thought Blake was going to lose the belt, even though it is only his second defense. Yeah. No, is this his first defense of it or second? Uh,
1: this is Blake's first, first. defense. Yeah, first offense. Right Impressive first defense.
0: Yeah. So based off of everything it being in Chicago, Gringo Loco Chicago, and uh the Blake Christian mission that missing the LA show because of uh prior commitments, I was thinking too like this would be a good shot for Loco to win it. And as the match kind of played on and Dave Prazek's commentary, he definitely had me leaning towards Gringo Loco winning the belt in his, home, in his home city and just having like a feel-good moment, maybe because of Blake missing the LA show of what could possibly be happening in the future shows as GCW champion. I thought maybe if they were going to take the belt off of Blake because of that, this would be a good time to do so, even though it is only the first title defense, but... Um, this was, I was thinking he was going to lose it. Like, I didn't really think I would have that. I wouldn't have had that thought if he was going against Blackwood, like, in L.A. that we were Right, right. To. So, it was kind of nice, like, throughout this match. And, like I said, Praise Act did an excellent job of commentary, getting me moving towards Gringo becoming the new champion. Um, this was a great matchup. I'm glad it was giving, what, 24 minutes of time here. And it told a great sh- story. And fucking Blake is just <laughs> incredible as a heel. And it's been fun watching uh, this version with him
1: so i'm trying to figure out where but didn't gringo local just recently win a championship somewhere
0: um in warrior wrestling the lucha belt
1: yeah he's uh he's a champion so at this point was it champion versus champion but only the one you know the title belt was on the line world title yeah yeah okay yeah i was just wondering about that because like i said gringo looks good with belts draped over him i i think he is a champion and uh you should get that respect because it seems like uh, he carries a good name with a lot of people and fans love him. Fans like me.
0: Oh, he also just won the Defy championship. That's what it was. There
1: we go. OK, OK, OK. I was Defy I was wondering, was champion. I remember him. I remember seeing he won something. I just couldn't tell you what the hell it was. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this matchup because this is one of the next few like of this is. <laughs> The next four or five matches after this that looks like are being booked right now for blake christian are more like locals and not true gcw regulars that would be contenders so as a smart fan quote unquote i'm not expecting the belt to change hands anytime soon so i thought if there's a chance to do it maybe this gringo local match and then after that it may be a while because he's down south fighting somebody and then he's over here fighting Rudy Tootie McGee and shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so it's not really a contender unless you know Rudy Tootie wants to travel the country with us, with you know. But um, fuck him up gringo chance came right from the beginning. Blake was fighting as a disrespectful asshole. A reminder at some point Tony Deppen will be back and there could be a good ego versus ego matchup between the two of them. Both are dicks, so we could have a dick-off between the two. Uh, No, it is possible, and I believe between the both of them, they've had a match that delivers every single time. Yeah. There's similar height, weight, the whole thing. Uh, Through the whole match, like I said before, Blake is an ass. He was playing to the fans the entire time. Half the time, he wasn't even watching his opponent. He was just playing to the fans. So I know you say this with Alec Christ, but I'll say it with Blake Christian. He still has a face moveset. Not complaining, but here's another case of the heel with an exciting moveset. And this gets acknowledged by the fans when he does something cool, like we were saying. And they were like, well, you still suck.
0: You know, that was but fucking awesome, but you still suck. He was doing that for a while of this intervention of his character when he was fed up first. Turned after New Year's this year, he was at first couple matches denying on purpose the move sets. Like remember, he would tease like the Fosbury flop, and then just kind of sit in the middle of the yep. ring, down, and do the suck it. Like it said, like fuck you guys. Like that's what I really <laughs> liked it because that's what you're supposed to do as a heel. Like you said, you don't give us the moves we want to see, even though you could do them. That's your job as a heel to make us hate you more for not delivering on the cool stuff. I wish he would go back to that a little bit more, just because uh-huh. it plays better into the character. But I also love seeing all the high-flying shit. So I while well, I don't mind seeing him doing it, I think for his character, to, when his character works best is when he kind of doesn't do that. So um, I kind of find myself like 50-50 on that with him.
1: No, I get you. All right, so let me take a drink here, because like I said, man, freaking heartburn tonight. from. Uh, okay, I'm not going to lie. Do you want to know what did it? Okay. There's a restaurant Custer's. out here. No, oh. no, nah, nah, man. There's a restaurant There's a restaurant out here I had for lunch called Steamy Weenies. Have you ever heard of it? No. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking no. awesome. Okay. So basically, you can pick a hot dog anyway. Well, the thing is, is it's the only place I've found that makes a good bacon-wrapped hot dog. So I had a bacon-wrapped Coney with cheese and onions. So right now, I'm like heartburn from, I'm guessing, the onions i have chili. to check that
0: place out because in niagara falls uh, i have family out there and every time we went there there's a place called whistle pigs and they had like though it was a bacon wrapped hot dog with cheese sauce on it and onions yep and it was the fucking best hot like every time we went th- back there to see family i was like can we go to whistle like every day like every meal is like can we go to whistle pigs? Can we go to whistle pigs <laughs> so i definitely had to find this place out because i would def- i would try it out
1: yeah um it's right off of uh uh uh, uh blah, blah, blah 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 green valley in the two fifteen. Like okay. right off of Green Valley and two fifteen. So anyway, happen. anyway, yeah though. So Bacon Wrapped Hot Dog got me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So minute six, they're on the outside abusing each other. Fans fingers are flying in Blake's face. There's a nice spot where Gringo had a uh Centon Atomico where he hits the floor almost clean, which ouch. Realizing Gringo is so fucking good is what I put in my notes here. <laughs> Another great spot, Blake with a dragon Rana from the apron onto the floor. A, a lot of innovation was going on in this match. Again, this was so close to the Vikingo match when it comes to giving us something different, giving us something fresh, obviously giving us something we haven't seen before. And God, they made it all look so good. I felt like the fans were being treated to a match with less familiar moves, and I really like that. Blake was trying to ride Ref Perch's ass for not counting three, nor quick enough, but the fans answer back with heavy booze on that. Blake again having his problems with referees as usual. <laughs> but
0: um, I'll talk about more about that later. Yeah, that's where I kind of get a uh...
1: yeah, yeah okay so this has become a show-off competition in athleticism that's what I wrote here in this match lots of back and forth neither man in control of the match for very long another spot I'd like to mention gringo standing on the ring apron with Blake on his shoulders and hit a nasty base bomb on the apron another spot was a top turnbuckle triangle style Spanish fly from gringo there we go where even I was trying to place the move and do listen a top turnbuckle triangle style which is where he jumps across the ropes vanish fly so yeah (laughs) this is why this is why i don't write the shit down because it's just too much and even if i do say it for you to picture it in your head is just a lot So uh, Minute 17 and both men are exhausted from earning their paychecks. It was a great match and a great first title defense. It reminds me of Jordan Oliver's first defense against Mance Warner, where it was just a brutal marathon. Also, with the amount of time that they put into this match, same thing. Oliver and Mance's match was uh, close to the 20-minute mark plus. Gringo rolled up Blake for three. Perch didn't see Blake because he had a rope break the whole time. Fans went fucking nuts. They're pounding the ring. They think Gringo won. Gringo was getting his hand raised. Blake starts protesting with Perch. Fans are showering the ring with money. Then all of a sudden, Adam Galt runs out to the ring. He calls Perch over and he starts talking to him. So then he tells Perch we find out that there was a legit rope break perch takes the belt away from gringo and gringo is confused he basically explains that no you did not have the win there was a rope break and they restart the match The fans went nuts and they booed so hard. And that was the part of the story. It was so beautiful. So then Blake hits Gringo with the belt and hits Perch in the face. Galt then comes in and fills in for referee as Perch was out. Both men were now wrestling in the money that was thrown into the ring because they thought the match was over. Brett was basically playing with our emotions. That's the only way to put it. This was basically chaos from the restart. Gringo goes for a top rope moonsault and connects with the referee. And now that Galt is out, now we have two referees down. Here comes Max Recon out as our referee. This chaos is just beautiful. So we're going into the final stretch here. We had New Champ chance from the crowd they were fully ble- behind um gringo at this point blake grabs a chair at the 22 minute mark Perch is still down blake grabs gringo's head and puts it in a chair fans are like no he goes for the knee but gringo moves gringo up to the top rope and mrs blake falls legs first into the chairs this places Gringo's head into a chair. There was a foot stomp onto the chair. Blake covers for three. Our winner here, Blake Christian, with those nasty foot stomps. So I wouldn't call it a foot stomp, but nasty kick into the chair there. The nasty boot. Would that be the way to put it? The nasty boot into the that, face? The asshole boot of his. The asshole boot.
0: Yes. It was a good match. Uh, I don't, the, going to the referee spot. As much as, like, once Blake Christian beat up Scarlett Donovan, once he's pushed all these other referees and everything, I got mad once I found another referee came to help him out. Like, unless it's going to turn into, like, uh, Adam Galt being the Nick Patrick of GCW, which would be kind of fun to see and interesting with him refereeing some of these matches with Blake uh-huh. Christian, if that's what it turned into. I'm all for that. I was like, why are they coming out and helping Blake? Like, fuck it. <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't know. That's why I kind of didn't like it. it was like, you, you play it up at the beginning of whole Blake's heel turn, and he's going to beat up the referees, and then his first title defense, he gets saved by a referee. I don't Interesting. know how I felt about that. Other than that, <laughs> though, I felt fun. Like, if, if it wasn't, like, if they just missed it, and then, like, hey, the, they restarted the match or something else, like, I would have been fine with. But I didn't like how the referee came to stick up for Blake. I thought it just should have been, like, no, it's over. Interesting.
1: Uh well it was the right thing to do since we're yeah. good guys fuck the right I guy. I fuck see that <laughs> but if we fucked him over we would then be bad guys it's all right ah see and then a bad guy turns someone else bad we're all outlaws here we're all out that's true we're all outlaws here
0: I like storyline I loved it it made sense but like and it's cool but like I just I didn't like that like how the referee came unless like I said unless it turns into Adam Galt and Nick Patrick and both do some shady shit to help out uh, Blake Christian on accident. But even if it's like on accident, you know, like, and then the fans just start turning on him or the wrestlers start turning on him. And then, then he finally does have that, like that one big moment where he kicks Nick Gage in the nuts and then does a fast count for Blake for three. Then it makes sense, but I don't know. And I loved the overbooking of it. I loved all the fucking referees having to come out and you just never knew when it was going to end. It felt freaking Attitude Era WWE for sure. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I again, actually
0: did like it. Well, yeah, hard fought
1: defense, great first defense. The uh the fans are booing and the money's still flying in the fucking ring. That says a lot right there. You don't see that too often. Usually when fans are booing, they're mad, they don't want to be throwing money in the ring. That's the last thing they want to do is be mad, but also being like, Thank you, but
0: I hate you. <laughs> Um, i make sure to throw all my money towards gringo, Netflix.
1: There you go. Yeah, like stuffing in his shorts or some shit. <laughs> but yeah, the fans are mad. Fingers are up. Commentary was quiet as we hear the fans boo. Prazak does announce that the next show is in Huntsville, Alabama, and we're out from Chicago. Something I wanted to just kind of mention here for a minute was, once again, Commentary knew when to be quiet. After Prazak made the announcement, there was a good 30 seconds or more where there was no commentary. It was just the fans at home listening to the fans in the arena boo the ever loving hell out of Blake. So the trick here is they just wanted to do nothing but hear Blake get booed out of the building for being a heel. It's solidifying your heel. It was very smart. And it's it's old school. It's the right way to do it.
0: Shut the fuck up. And let your dude get his heat. I will. Okay, now I'm going to be the bad guy here. I have to kind of say one, one negative I found. Okay. was from Dave Prasak once Ringo got the initial pin. Like... I think Dave should have went ballistic. Oh my God, we got a new champ. But like he right away, Blake's foot was on that. Is that a three? Okay. I guess we haven't, like, and there was no excitement at all. I got I you. I It got took you. like that moment away, like took the sails out of the wind real fast for me. We're like, I think that's one of those instances where like, you don't acknowledge that at first. Like, Maybe you like you go crazy, do it, and then like maybe once a replay hits, then you say something. But he said it like right away before any replay. And yes, it was obvious. I get it. I yeah. just think it took that moment away. Like as a fan at home, I'm like, oh, this is like right away. I was like, this is going to get turned over. Like the way that they're not getting excited for for a gringo local. Well, like they also not...
1: had a camera right there too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think I just think it's it kind of it. took away what could have been a pretty fun special moment and a real like even more over the top. We hate you, Blake, because now once the referee comes out and we have the talk, then we reset it. But and uh, watching on fight TV, like in person, like sounded like right away, and, like no one knew. Not maybe not no one, but like a lot of fans, they didn't. Like, they just went off the three count, and the fans reacted how it should have been. I just wish it would have came out that way on Fight TV. But like I said, uh, that's a little nitpicky thing here that I that kind of took the moment away from me as a fan where I thought right away took my thinking that Blake, uh, that gringo one real fast out of my that thought out of my head real fast.
1: Was he expressing confusion or you're just saying there was a lack of
0: it it was confusion at right away. Like he goes like, oh, there's, there's a three count. But Blake's foot was on the rope. We'll see if this stands. Like, he said it like that right away, where I think, like, Andrew got a new champion, gringo, loco, Wow, like, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, wait a minute. What's the referee? And then you can see the replay. And then, like, his goddamn foot's on the rope. Like, Emil did a good job of covering it. It's like, hey, I hate to right. be the bearer of bad news kind of thing. But Blake did have his foot up. Like, Embo, I think, did a good job of kind of reining it in. But it just should have, I think, that it should have been expressed like loudly at the beginning to the, the excitement for Gringo Locos victory at that time. And, and then we found out that, Hey, the sales get taken out of our, or the wind taken out of our sales, whatever later on, instead of right away, <laughs> in my opinion, that's Toppers. all. Like, thought like I, like I said, right away, once I saw heard it, I was like, Oh, like they're going to turn it over. Where if I heard excitement, I'd be excited too. It's like, Oh, they, they didn't catch it. They're going to go on with it and then showed a replay later, then we can start this match over. But overall, it was good. I, I, like I said, I did like... It was a nice swerve. Yeah, total. And then, like, even when the second referee got knocked out. Oh, no, no, Perch got knocked out the first time, right? Right, Perch and yeah, then G- the Galt got knocked Galt out. The second time, yeah. Then and I was the like, oh, maybe it. we have a chance here of maybe getting a new champion, but he's going to run. I think, like, I was thinking maybe he's going to run out of referees and then we get Scarlet to come out. And I totally screwed Blake over, which I uh, I do want to see how that's going to work out in the future. If if she does any more Blake's matches, because she hasn't done any of Blake's matches since she got beaten up. So I think when it first happens, I, that's going to be my first thought of, oh, shit, is this going to be uh, book the moment it. that Blake loses? Yes.
1: yes, that would be great. The title defense, the title defense of his career and then out walks the referee.
0: Well, it'd be fun, too. Like, Scarlett. if Adam Galt is, like, the Blake Christian referee, helps Blake, and then all of a sudden, like, he helps him one time, Scarlett comes out, kick Adam Galt in the nuts, and then now she's in the referee, and then she screws Brett. I think, or, or screws oh, wow. Blake. I think that'd be a cool cool way to end that. I don't know. It was a great match. This in-ring was awesome. Fans brought it, and I thought this was a great overbooked ending that kept, as you said, kept our excitement and had me questioning of who are we going to get a new champion or not, and the fans delivered, and I thought this was a great way to end the show from Chicago with Gringo Loco. And it's cool. Gringo got that moment of, hey, I'm the champion in front of his own uh-huh. fans. So at least he got that moment, even if it was for a quick minute or two. And I thought that was a cool little spot, too,
1: for him. So here we go. So Zach mentioned we're going to Huntsville next. I looked it up. Chicago to Huntsville, Alabama is a nine-and-a-half-hour drive. Okay, so follow me here these guys got done at what 10 11 o'clock at night and then they either stayed in the hotel and drove the next day and did the show same day or they drove overnight nine and a half hours to huntsville i don't know what it was but think about that
0: it's their now, second show it's their second chicago show in talia hall two this year that's good. I'll give them that much, though. I mean, if it fills but up, like, it
1: fills up. You, like,
0: but they get you know. NGI. They get two Talia halls. They probably got another Chicago. They're gonna get GCW four yeah, times in Chicago one market. year. Like, and Ve- but Vegas, we get like one, and we have to fight for that one. It's like I, I do wish there would be. I think, two. I think Vegas
1: is a standard one. If we get a second one a year, I think we're lucky. Um, part of it's the fans. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> i don't know vegas fans aren't always the most electric like we've went to shows and seen where the fans they politely watch in vegas so it's almost like we need the double or nothing crowd to come in from all over the world to go oh shit, gcw's here and then las vegas looks like a bigger wrestling town
0: Uh, i i i I just think if we especially after this last show like if we can turn in that kind of show and that energy like, but we get them once a year, and freaking, as you said, Huntsville, Alabama, gets two shows a year, if not more, it's like i I I think, yeah, yeah, we bring more money and we bring just so much energy, I think than they do. I don't know, not that it's like just us, I just think it's so fast, like the turnaround like we've said this multiple times, where that's also taken away from the specialness of this Talia Hall, like I kind of don't want them to go back to Talia Hall until not even the next show, like till next year, oh, even like at now. least a year. I just, nice. If you go too much, it takes it away. I'm gonna have
1: to cover Talia's ears. I don't, I don't want like, Talia hearing that.
0: I'm not saying Chicago no, doesn't deserve you. these shows. You. Chicago deserves the shows. They hey, do they, have a they great sold fan it base. Out, I believe. Yeah, they have a great they, fan base all the time. I think I just it's just frustrating that we fight for out here in Vegas for one show a year, and then we deliver, and then seeing their second trip in six months. It just it's frustrating. That's all. Oh well, you know what I'm waiting for phoenix
1: i'm waiting to see phoenix and i'm waiting for san diego
0: well i do have i'm still waiting for Uh oh what well my friend like my friend out in arizona like he has like a building that he would he wants to talk with brett to set up the first arizona show and they would run a run their show in that building they ran a couple different wrestling shows there like the hoods they ran a hood slam show there um i think or they're going to run a hood slam show i think coming up but they've done other wrestling shows and they get like pretty good turnouts and it's fun. So like if Brett's like looking for a venue that might be uh, willing to do some glass and stuff, uh, do have a contact that could reach out with a pretty good venue.
1: Yeah, I would tell, uh, have Sheik talk to Brett about the venue. Well,
0: that's why they, like yeah. the person that kind of is, works at that venue is like, hey, we're working with Hood Slam and hope, we're hoping that they put in a good word with GCW. So um, they kind of do, I uh, have hoping for the same thing of Sheik ch- to kind of speak up and get gcw down there as well
1: all righty well yeah i was the only reason i mentioned the whole chicago to huntsville things a nine and a half hour drive is you have people like hunter drake who probably drove nine and a half hours to get there mm-hmm. just to turn around and drive nine and a half hours back so we're talking a 19
0: hour trip round so and it started earlier i think the next nights like the next couple shows they started earlier in the day too uh
1: yeah i know sunday for sure they started earlier i think they started an hour earlier on saturday than they did the friday show but okay well they did start earlier though you know what i mean so the time did compound uh i don't know i now that i've found a hotel that i kind of like and now that i've learned how like it's only half an hour to 45 minutes from the hotel we stay at to the beach now that i realize dude dude listen i know you're not big around people i know you know what i mean i'm not really huge around crowds of people we have a place where we can actually go to the beach and it's
0: like quiet you Forgot can it. i don't hate, do <laughs> hate the sand oh do you i hate the beach just because i hate no sand. shit, really if there's uh, no sand or just water i'm in i,
1: I hate the sand no kidding like yeah. not even like well because you lay on a towel and stuff but I'm not kidding. even then you're I'm like good. fuck it, it yeah. no kidding Oh, man, let me tell you, I could pass out there. And I was I've never done that before. I was like, I could pass out here. And I always thought that, like, forests and stuff was my shit. And now I'm like, wow, the beach actually is really relaxing when I don't hear people. Like we were we were where there wasn't really many people. Damn, it's nice. So now we found a place to go. We're going to try to go there again next time we're out in out in L.A. So we're hoping that. at this point, we now have a hotel, and we have a favorite little beach, and we're hoping to make that little trip every time now. Fingers crossed.
0: So. Yeah, if you like the beach, obviously you want to spot that you're away from everyone, so that way you can just enjoy it. You said the peace and quiet. I can well, definitely we did appreciate sh- that. Well, uh, dude.
1: No, I'm not kidding. Like, it was just water and the birds. And you have to understand me. Like, I'm not big on... Like I'll come home from a show and just be wrecked from all the sound. Oh yeah, uh, I mean yeah. Um, sometimes it'll be hours before I'll turn a TV or anything on because I can just sit there and quiet and like play on my iPad or fuck around on my phone without even having a TV or radio or anything on. I'm I can work in quiet like all day. I prefer the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but. Well, this was a good one uh want to run
0: down some memorable moments me and you yes memorable mm-hmm. moments of oh i must have thanked me later that's the show uh ride or die, ride ride or or die.
1: yeah i'll make it easy i like the cartwheel eras uh ares match oliver commander but kingo metalique and blake and gringo all for their own various reasons that i described earlier in the show without having to go over everything again Solid show, loud crowd, GPW doing a great job trying to pick up some of that excitement on their microphones. I love the venue to me. I'd consider it a classy place. There was a lot of star power on this card, and I think it was also the most star power that was on the card all weekend. So I thought this was a great start to the uh, weekend. And I also think that the Chicago fans really made it a great start to the weekend. They really showed up and it was, it made it nice.
0: Yeah. i Like I said, Chicago absolutely deserves multiple shows a year. Their crowds are always hot. And like, I do like the Talia Hall, but I don't want to see it twice every single year um and only see Vegas one time. That's my only, only problem. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. Like, I have no problems with Chicago or their crowd or anything. I just, I don't know why they get two or the Huntsville, Alabama gets two shows and Vegas gets one. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I'll go kind of match my match like I always do. Bang Bros with the surprise upset uh, over the team of Alec Price and Cole Radic was a surprise to me. I do like seeing the team of Alec Price and Cole. I want to see more wrestlers that are, if they're regulars, instead of just being thrown into scramble every time, maybe work them in see what happens as a tag team and see if they get chemistry and do some stuff. I don't think they even see, like, side... I don't know, like, Cole and Alec, they're on every show. Like, they could even be rival rival rivals with each other. Do something. Like, storylines. I like, story lines, I want I to like sto- that idea. Storylines with the regulars. I like that rivalry idea. Yeah. I mean, they, they're kind of like Cole and starting to, like, based off win losses, starting to fall out of, like, the GCW, uh, the honeymoon kind of aspect of what he was killing it out in TOS and out in AC. And with Alec Price elevating his game and coming up, uh, that would be a cool like, thing story you could tell between those two. Balak Price stealing the spotlight from Cole and kind of Cole grabbing and fighting to keep that spotlight. Uh, next one, Jack Carbo, Arez. Fun, incredible, incredibly innovative match. As you said, a lot of unique moves and Arez being the king of that right now was cool to see Jack Carbo with the victory, which is good to see him get, uh, keeping that momentum going. Uh, nice to see Lufisto back in GCW and picking up the victory over the... Robert Anthony, their new heel whenever Cardona's not here. like I don't know. I just think he's a perfect <laughs> fit in. Like, like, same thing, though. Like, when Blake's not there, slide Charles Mason in. You got, you're still your mega asshole. You slide Cardona in. Slide Robert Anthony in. I do like how they've been having the heels be very heelish lately and uh, getting major heat from the crowd. Jordan defending the JCW title against Commander was awesome. I definitely would like to see that match ran back, and especially with a little bit more chemistry between the two. That was a fun match. But and Rena beating the... I like how you called it, SGC uh, Rejects? I do like that. I like that yeah, name Yeah, the lot. SGC Rejects. Did they say that on commentary and I just missed it? Yes. Oh, okay, I just missed it. Okay, I do like that name, though. Uh, I'll give you credit since you're the first one I actually heard say it. That was a fun match. Get the fuckery <laughs> going and get the crowd uh excited with all the movements and everything else that fighting into the crowd that they that team did. Scramble was fun seeing Bobby Flacco, Hunter Drake, Kenzie, Teriyaki, Starboy with the victory. Uh as you said, another victory for him to keep them his momentum going. Joyer Wreck beating Bussy was a fun, yeah. <laughs> fun crazy, a lot of. Match, I think that was a perfect spot for that match. As you said, maybe even after Viking over metal I just wish there was a winner on that match. I just hate being invested for 20 minutes and not getting a winner. The worst was the worst one I ever, I think this is what made me think this way. I sat through Matt Taven versus Jay Lethal and Ring of Honor for 60 fucking minutes and there was no fucking winner. Like I was so <laughs> limited then. Uh, even though that was fun and there was a bunch of shenanigans, it was fucking uh-huh. crazy. I, but there's no fucking winner. Like, goddamn.
1: That's, that's that right there. What you're wow. saying
0: is the storyline.
1: The storyline matters.
0: Yeah. And I it really did one that night. So, uh, isn't that funny?
1: Yeah. Now, outside of tickets and money, doesn't matter who wins and loses. I know. Especially, my, my, I mean, my. you know what I mean? Isn't that interesting, though? How, how people like, there's different ways of thinking from a hundred different perspectives from the promoter to the wrestlers to the fans. I can't stand when there's a marathon match and there's no ending. Like but at least dude, this a 60-minute so. match, like a 60-minute match with Ric Flair that goes to a draw. I'm like, come the fuck on, really. I just sat here and jerked off for 60 minutes and got nothing for it. Come on, dude.
0: Really? And they I mean, moved that. That Taven match I was talking about, the Matt Taven versus Jay Lethal, like, that was, the, I thought that was going to be the main event of that Ring of Honor show. And it was yeah. the first match or second match of the night. It was like, what the fuck? And it just kept, like, it wasn't an Iron Man match. It was just a regular match. And it went freaking 60 minutes. It was, it was insane. But it didn't, like you said, it was over. There's a draw. That's it. Next match. Like, there was nothing to it. At least this huh. one made sense where Blake Christian came and fucking ruined it to get the crowd on him and get ready for the next match. This one did make sense to a little bit, but, um, I still Damn, hated though. not having a winner. Yeah, I still hated not having a winner in this matchup by Kingo and Meta League. And Blake Christian, first title defense, Gringo Loco. I loved the overbookness of it. It made him look like a chicken shit heel champion, and it made Gringo look really good, where Gringo maybe won it two different times and never really actually did win it. So I, it made Gringo look good, and it teased us fans of getting Gringo Loco finally that first piece of hardware from GCW that I know you've been saying he deserves well. And I, I agree too. After seeing all the belts he has now and all these other companies, it kind of doesn't feel right. Him not holding one in GCW at the moment. But overall, a fun show to piggyback off of LA as we kind of thought that was a little bit down show. This show delivered. I had a lot of bigger names, a lot of great action. Natalia Hall and Chicago fans stepped up and overall, I enjoyed this match i enjoyed this whole card pretty well on friday night. I, I, I thought it was going to be hard to follow and i, I think it kind of was the best card of the three this weekend yeah. uh, i thought that was kind of weird placement but oh well just take it as it is and um yeah i thought it was a great card um to as you said start off the weekend but i think this was also the card of the weekend
1: yeah some of these matches i really could have used on our la show <laughs> not gonna lie so, yeah, you know, when I started, like, Oliver versus Commander, we didn't have either of them on our show. You know, just Vikingo Metalik would have went over, like, crazy in L.A. So, yeah, ones like that. I just, I don't know. I remember when I was reading down What's at Chicago, our last, our last <laughs> I remember. episode, I was, like, I was ready to cry. I'm right?
0: Like, God damn. I agreed but, with you once I heard it, too. I was like, God heck? how's that not an L.A. show? Yeah, man. Incredible. But um the next
1: la show is august 11th and um i'm sure they're gonna show out for that one i'll tell you why it's because ticket prices were higher than the average oh really yeah i don't know if you saw that
0: i'm not going but, so i didn't even look uh it's normally
1: 79.99 right uh i found about right yeah or 70 like 80, or 80. 70. these tickets were like 85 so it makes me think that maybe someone's coming in it's the week before homecoming, too. Oh, is that homecoming part one?
0: So it's not part one. They mistyped it on their calendar that they had out. Sh- that one that I saw, they had it just mistyped. Okay. So, it's the nice regular show, regular show the week before homecoming. Okay. Okay. But now still, should set complain. up hopefully some good stories and good stuff to set up homecoming. I think it will be a pretty big show. Like I said, I this is one of these ones I think I'm going to regret not going to but um if vikingo gets added against jordan i will be there so that one. The, the, the new match i want to see the, glad to see leo rush back Wait, leo rush so, versus vikingo
1: so if you put your clothes in your car and you leave at what three uh from like here? uh 335. 335. So I got there right at bell time, last time. If you leave at 345 and it takes four and a half hours to get there, you will probably get here around bell time or so. Yeah. You will have to literally piss in bottles <laughs> instead of stopping anywhere. But you I stopped. No, honestly, honestly, if you really tried, dude, you could make it. And you know the I first could, one's but... either gonna be a scramble
0: or you know Yeah, I walked in at the the scramble on that one too. I it's the first week of school, though. I'm going gotcha. to be exhausted. It, it's that it no, doesn't get have a good time. I get like I said, the only way I will fucking drag my ass out there and be tired of shit and spend the money. if I get like a Viking versus Jordan match. Then I will go. But as of right now, I think this is going to be one that we miss just based off of timing. And everything. I get that.
1: Yeah, uh, it's just. Uh, yeah, I stopped complaining about the Las Vegas shows after I got comfortable in L.A. Yeah, uh, that's a wild crowd. I won't go through that too much, but I, I, everything you were talking about that crowd now, I get it. It's a wild bunch. They have a good
0: time. It's just a couple that go a little silly. but I, And I had yeah. some discourse. Uh, it was pretty funny, too. We saw it during the week. I saw it during the week. I don't know if you did or not. What's that? sub discourse on uh, the people with the alcohol and stuff. Uh, I saw uh, you're talking what Lauren was saying. Yeah. Or? yeah, um, and like the back and forth that they had with that.
1: I I think I read a chunk of it this morning when there was only like five or six messages. I I'm guessing it went way further than that. Not too much though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, just a couple people mess it up. I mean, like I said, maybe uh maybe everyone gets a ticket and they're entitled to three beers or a bucket with three in it. And I don't know. I don't know. But. <laughs> there's like uh, people with self-control are trying to figure out how to control people with no self-control wow what a great way to say it though yeah that's what it is people like us with self-control are like how the hell do we control these people who are out of control which i uh, again i really hope there's a blacklist like If the same guy keeps getting in like he's getting in and keeps allowing to do the shit he's pulling, then all you're doing is reinforcing that it's okay to do it. So maybe certain people shouldn't be allowed to come to the shows because they're ruining it for the one shit customer in GA is fucking up 30 fans, 30 paying customers. Like maybe you should just get rid of the one virus. So that the 30 to 50 paying customers don't have to be bugged. Oh yeah, and you're one paying customer is such a dick that people are sitting around and talking online about him for the next fucking week. We should be talking about these awesome fucking matches that went down and we're too busy talking about a fucking guy who's snatching shit off of wrestlers heads. That's a problem. That really is. That's taking away from Twitter space that could be used for hey, look at this fucking awesome match. Hey, look at these awesome fucking pictures. You know, instead, we're looking at, hey, look at this huge dumbass who keeps getting, you know, keeps pissing off people left and right. Yeah. I'm not really sure I saw him kicked out, honestly. I know Brett said that he was kicked out a minute later. Uh, Maybe. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I really saw him leave. I saw someone up top. But, (laughs) but, uh, oh, you know, so, but yeah, if there's certain people that do this multiple times, they need to go on a list. Come on. I mean, at this point, ask for their IDs when you kick them out, and be like, "Thanks, it's good we know your name now. You're not coming back here."
0: Yeah, luckily too, like uh, the Patreon list, they do have a lot of the stuff too, where they could fig- kind of, if they needed to, go through and figure out uh, that that situation, that information, because um, I mean, it's it's out there, it's on the, the Patreon, so yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, we I, don't yeah, have I, I forgot how I started. <laughs> we have
1: oh before I forget, we have two reviews to do yet. And then we don't have another show until July 4th. Yeah. That's the next GCW show. So we'll do what we can to make sure we paste these out some. Um, but we have about a week. We have a week to push out two more episodes on top of this one. And uh we've both have we both have time actually this week. I'm not gonna lie. I have time this week to do it.
0: Yeah, so. um i'm on summer vacation for the next couple of weeks so i am trying to take advantage that hence why i'm yep. getting all the video stuff done and, and yeah, kind of messing around with some stuff to hopefully make it all better while i have the time because i won't have that time much longer no that's good
1: because if you put in all this work now get it set up we work out the kinks when school comes around for you and you're back to doing your live. thing it'll be automatic just automatic okay turn it on go live that's it you download the file. You do the whole thing there. I mean, finished. we have yes. got it, this. You've got this.
0: And anyone out there, any uh, other improvements or anything else that you would like to see or uh, be done with the move to video with the audio or anything else, yeah, please shout out suggestions on our Twitters. Hit us up, and uh, we will take any and all that uh, into consideration. Because like I said, we're, as you said, I want to when we get this, just have it going and boom, get it done right the first time and be set up. Or future episodes for move to live. And I think like I said, today was our first test one. We cut off halfway through with the the live video, but I think it was good enough for us to see where we are and test it and um notice that everything sounds good, works good, and looks good. So uh yeah, once we get these graphics and it's all gonna look better, we will be moving this to YouTube. Like I said, we might even do special like after show, like quick quick thoughts, quick reviews, quick analysis of it, and then later on in the week we'll do our regular podcasts and everything else. And uh, we'll try to do uh, some more YouTube stuff and get the fans involved with the chats and all that stuff and hear their thoughts and opinions. And like I said, please send suggestions of what you would like to see or hear or be done differently as we move into our next phase of the podcast.
1: And speaking of hearing people out there for the first time can actually hear me a lot better. It's like, we're actually talking with each other, back and forth room and like almost in the same room now so i'm not just on fm radio anymore and i'm (laughs) I'm really happy no you know what i mean on my end i'm always like damn you know yeah and at some point that that works out for me and then boom now i'm able to be heard a lot clearer that could be good that could be bad but it does improve the overall quality of the show for us. So hopefully people are hearing now that uh, at least I'm clear. You're going to hear audio improvements on the breathing. You're going to see that there's going to be just other stuff. It's just going to sound a lot better. So those changes are being made now. You're going to hear probably some more changes coming. We're doing what we can as we learn. And yeah, we're just... We're 100% fans. We're not 100% techies. We're figuring it out. But yeah, B, you have time off. You're doing that. I have time off. I'm going to be getting the rest of those reviews done. And then as soon as we can, I don't know, a day or two, we'll probably sit down again and pump another one out.
0: Yeah. Like I said, we got two more to do until 4th of July. So uh, yeah. And then we got that 4th of July show. And then I forgot their schedule after that. I think I could quickly pull it up. But I don't think it's too, let's see. Fourth of July, and then, oh they're back on. Never mind. We're busy till the end of the July. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shows in July. Oh shit! Mm -hmm. Do you see that one where it's fourteenth?
1: Yeah, it's fourteenth, and then it's It's seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. We're talking. See now,
0: I. But remember, those are Japan shows. They're gonna be like two
1: hours. Yeah, not only that, but some of them may be more of the minor shows sometimes. You know how they have those minor? Yeah, I'll probably get Kasai. I'm pretty sure we're going to get Kasai. Oh, that's that's away. what this whole thing was for. was for yeah. Kasai. That's,
0: yeah. I mean, if he shows he up, brought him all the way oh, across. Don't tell me this, because... What are you going to say, uh, L.A.? I'm thinking, of, like, because Junks is going to show up in L.A., do some cool shit to surprise everybody out in L.A. Oh, yeah. I'll be pissed then. That's when I'll be pissed. That'll be my FOMO. Because last time I didn't go to an L.A. show, and I'm actually funny, on my watch-along, I'm watching it right now, is the Shooting star show where the Los Pacisos went against East-West Express. <laughs> the last time I didn't go to L.A. show, that's the fucking matchup I missed. My four favorite wrestlers in GCW in a match, I missed that one. And if I miss this one, gonna. This just throw in my, one of my favorite deathmatch wrestlers, Jun Kasai, and add that to my fucking missing out list. Wow.
1: Well, fingers crossed to hope for the best, but I'm a big fan of going to the show that's right before the big show because, you know, that's where everybody's setting up the last storylines to get that money in before the big show. So, generally, you're going to see almost everybody that's going to be on the pay per view, WWE style, for free on Raw the show before the pay-per-view. So you can actually catch outside of the uh outside of the ending you can catch your favorite stars for free, you know, the show before. So I think LA will be good because I I see Cardona being there only because Cardona will have something to do that weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gage, same thing, we'll probably see Gage, Maki. Well, they've already actually said that Gage Maki, yeah. Maki will be there. Um Masha uh, yeah. so uh hoping to see who else comes out there i'm excited to see i for some reason i mean i i don't know gosh this sounds bad but i mean after this championship run with masha i'm surprised they're still pushing her so much i don't know Anyway, okay. Well, I, I, that I don't know. Violence gives you a little. But I don't, here's what I found. Here's what I have found. People are in love with her coming out. They're in love with going. Mosh is going to kill you. But then when it's come, comes come. Blah, 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 when it comes time to watch the match, there's a lot of dead spots where fans are like, "Well, okay." It just happens every time, and I, I don't know.
0: Sorry, I, know looking, I was looking at the the for the Nick Gage See if they said it was an action or just returning. He's just returning. I don't I guess I've always liked Masha. I think she is some different. I just didn't her the title reign I I wasn't too thrilled with and it just didn't kind of make sense and felt rushed and thrown together just for the sake of it. I thought there could have been a bigger name with uh, that one, that tournament or not that tournament that won that rumble to the cash the ride or die, whatever tournament that was, ride or die rumble. I just think there could have been other options, but it's neither here or there. I'm not the booker in worked out for them and she had a pretty she had fun matches well, for the most well. part like her Mike Bailey her and Rena was awesome I like those first two title defenses I really was happy for can't argue that and can't like the last that. one that match with Rena was fucking probably one of the craziest death matches I've seen this year that's just in general Even though it was yeah. Cage of Survival I did think the violence and just that match alone was insane so I'm not going to shit on her run too much there was parts of it I didn't like or agree or wasn't too enthusiastic with but with Blake, there's a lot more options now, and I um, like, like where they could possibly go with all these options with Blake as champion. If
1: GCW felt like they had a long-term star right now, Gage would have lost to that long-term star, and they would have made him look strong for beating Gage. I hope you followed everything I just yeah, said there. Yeah, yeah, If they had one guy, one that they could put that belt on and elevate him, they would have done that. The person that beat the great God Nick Gage on his last ever championship run lost the fucking belt after less than two months. No push whatsoever. They could have put it on someone and made him look like Superman for the next six months.
0: Even Blake if Blake would have was the one that do that. Imagine how much heel he he would get with that. Like that would have it would have off just there.
1: compounded. Yeah, it would have just compounded into something just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm see, and then he could have come out every fucking show and been like, "I'm the one that ended the king's reign. I killed the king."
0: And then it sets up like a future I'm, championship with Jordan as being Nick's protege. Bro, I've been giving out bombs
1: like these for three the whole <laughs> past year. He could have really Blake really could have used that gauge title win to do exactly that. But instead, my son comes downstairs and goes, Well, it looks like they kind of gave it to her. And that's what somebody who just, you know, doesn't know shit but shows up to the live shows. That's what it comes across like on TV, you know. Gage out there smashing Leo Rush, smashing fucking people left and right, and gets his shit kicked in
0: by. That's another name I will show up if I see Leo Rush versus Jordan or Leo Rush versus Vikingo in LA. I'll go to that. I'll fucking be dead ass tired to show up to that match, that's for sure. That's another I'm glad to see Leo Rush back though. I want to see more speedball back too since he's back in the states. I want to see more of him and GCW. Is. That's another one too I think that should be up there for a world title or a GCW world title in my opinion.
1: Okay, just for fun, just for fun. Ready? You're the booker for just a moment. I need you to find a long-term tag team partner for speedball
0: you can go through the good old gcw regulars feel free I, I i mean i'd have to say jordan but i don't want that to be like a tag team um i mean i'd love that as a tag team but i think that would be the easiest and quickest way because like their chemistry is pretty good um yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't see Kai in speedball would <laughs> be pretty funny based on the karate and shit now that's that's actually kind of
1: interesting um okay how about let's just have fun ninja mac he's not around okay put him with no see i'd say put him with commander but commander's just like the whole fucking show like he's an rvd kind of he doesn't really need a tag team he was with rs though and that was cool but that's because rs is unique
0: yeah i saw speedball and gresham kind of teamed up a little bit on impact uh I think it was just recently. I think I want to say just this last weekend or something. And they've like actually look pretty good as a tag team. Speedball. and Grisham. Yeah. Oh huh. yeah. I, I do. don't know. Like, I got not what they could do. I don't think speedball is a tag team competitor, but I wouldn't mind seeing like if I was him, with East, West. I yeah, they, I actually
1: him with East West. I actually fun. He's an ultra face. So you almost have to put him with other faces and, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like you can't put him with Massios. <laughs> no. It's
0: like the you know the white guy coming out. And like, oh
1: yeah, and no, it just
0: wouldn't fit. Axton Ray, that'd be a good one too. Axton Ray and speedball. They had a they had a good match. You know, Shit, they both that's all, that was almost the last year, work. wasn't that the Great American Bash from last year? Was speedball? You know, we haven't seen Axton,
1: Axton in a while. Wonder where he's at in the world. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I, the next uh, Jersey event or something.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm trying to see here. What was last year's 4th of July? The big bash was uh, Speedball and Action Ray. That was right. Wow. And Takeshita, I was kind of worried. Was that the Takesha Speedball? But no, Takesha Speedball was in West Coast Pro, I think. Takesha wrestled Cole Radrick that night. How cool we had Takeshta for a couple weeks. Oh, Geez, that's I mean. still, that's another match. Takesha Vikingo is one match I need to see, like, ASAP. That would, and Takesha looked crazy uh, during for Bindor, too. He was really good. Wow. Forbidden door, I still
1: haven't seen sure. Forbidden Door, but I just found out not too good. long ago that uh, Daniel Bryan broke his fucking arm and then wrestled yeah, another off. ten minutes. I'm like
0: kind of like yeah. Tony, dude. Yeah, Tony with Zach Saber. None of a
1: bitch though. And when he rode he wrote adrenaline for ten extra minutes.
0: Yeah, after I think Chepin, Deppin said, like, he tweeted out, it's like, hey, like, it de- you don't feel it at the beginning. It just feels like you have, like, a cramp in your forearm like, the- for the first few minutes, and your adrenaline kicks into full overload because, hey, it's a fucking broken bone. And you don't feel anything during the match, but he says like, right after the match is when you feel it. Oh, God. Oh, like, he he had his similar, yeah, similar injury that he had with Zack Sabre. Unbelievable, All right. poor guy.
1: So, so he'll be back soon, I'm sure. I haven't looked at Depp and stuff lately. I think he's got another month or two in him because that was a clean break. I mean, you should really check
0: did. out. I don't know if like a uh, speedball show. They had a, like a, a wrestling show at Tony Deppen's brewery. Yes, uh, it's on YouTube. I bookmarked it. I want to watch it because it looks pretty fun. Like it looks, it's not strictly wrestling. It's an entertainment show, but uh, that looks like one of those fun, like Japanese shows. Like sometimes they wrestle like in a fucking restaurant for in front of ten people, and they're doing a bunch of crazy It's like shit. a Circle
1: like, Six show. <laughs> 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 hey, uh, do you have an establishment? Yeah, can can we arm wrestle in there? Yeah, sorry, I don't want to <laughs> shit too hard, but let's be honest,
0: I do want to see that wrestling company without that. a
1: wrestling ring.
0: <laughs> I do want to go back and check that out. Though. So maybe I'll be, no, curious. I think that would
1: actually be kind of fun. I think I saw pictures of like Janella hanging out there and stuff and
0: yeah,
1: yeah that should be kind of good. So yeah, it, it's a circle six show. I'm sorry, man. But, dude. We do have enemies here. I've, I'll speak for myself. I went to a circle six show out here in Vegas and I expected More.
0: You didn't like the yeah. coast to coast? I mean, uh, the California to Texas uh, coast to coast there that we saw and that our extreme match with the one trash can? You didn't like that?
1: The Yeah, the extreme match with the one trash can. That was...
0: Wasn't it even like fantastic. a death match? Did they say death? I want to say they said death match on that damn thing and it was like one trash can. The
1: only thing I remember, the only thing hardcore that I think went on was one of the guys put skewers in his own head and he was like, uh, "He shouldn't have done that to me." And then the guy got DQ'd. It was such weird. I just remember halfway through the show, I'm like, "This is what it." I thought it used to be so hardcore and like fun. And uh-uh.
0: First no. show was I. Uh, I don't want to talk to about. First show was good, but anything else like after that show, I was like, like oh, I. I think I walked away telling you like that was one of the worst wrestling shows I've ever seen in my life, in person. Well the ending that made it
1: I know I'll talk for my but when they come out here to places like Vegas they literally scrape together some of the oh yeah some of the yeah yeah they really get the winners over there. It's uh oh, anyway, anyway. It's just you know there are key indicators that a company is dying or near dead circle six is literally like i'm talking for myself they're literally ringing every bell in my head that that is a company that's pretty much walking dead and luckily they found a batch of six to eight guys that'll fake fist fight at a bar i yeah, i mean just i'm I'm just speaking for me come on really i mean that's the last grip before before a company like just dies i got a great idea guys Fuck running a ring. Let's just go in there dressed up and just fake fight with each other. Like, what? Now, maybe I haven't really understood it. Maybe, maybe it's absolutely amazing to watch a wrestling match with no wrestling ring. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Basically, you're skirting around a lot of licensing and insurance and all kinds of other shit. And it's just, it's just the bottom of the barrel. Quote me. I mean, feel free Maybe. to Never no, you, can be, you can be as quiet it's in a and it's okay because I'm, there's I'm our speaking first TikTok. for myself i'm not speaking i know right i'm not speaking for you know i'm speaking just for me i look at it and i'm like that company's on its way out honestly yeah. wrestling is oversaturated with companies i can only name a couple 20 years ago now we've got a couple on tv every night on a tuesday sometimes you'll be able to catch wrestling so i mean it's out there but if you're putting on like matches where just two guys are standing in an area you didn't rent a ring or nothing stop just stop let the guys go get real work like don't hire locals the locals aren't fucking getting any tickets out here So they're not going to sell tickets there it's just Every replay I've seen, man, I should talk. I shouldn't talk any longer. But every replay I have seen is not. You can re actually. You can cut all this stuff. How about that? You can cut. I was
0: letting go. Come on. I was making my first TikTok
1: right now. Okay, fuck it. Well, like I said, what it is though is just it's not exciting. I win, and I thought it was going to be, and it wasn't. And the last show, I guess, I wasn't even there. But I guess there was someone screaming a bunch of shit, and they got thrown out. And when i see one on like a replay somewhere there's never a crowd it's like four to six assholes standing against the wall as some people are wrestling and i'm like okay that's just personal opinion it's just i don't really see much to it and mm-hmm. that's okay i'm partial to my company but my company has a wrestling ring so anyway uh, <laughs> yeah so Let's get past all that for a second because that's funny. I got off on a tangent. I just just burnt bridges to nowhere. Um, Yeah, so, well, let's be honest. Like, in 10 years, if Circle 6 is on TBS, let's fucking be honest, then I'll guess, I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry, but, come on. Oh, wow. Hey, you found, dude, you found sound effects. That's fucking hilarious. but it's just okay so so moving on with with wrestling then yeah uh okay some nice things to say number one since i've been such a total total (laughs) negative ass and have probably split a couple of the fans on my personal opinion not 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 anybody else's um i do want to thank everybody that's been listening because we have a lot of awesome people that are listening we're closing in on a year soon if uh, anybody has the chance go back and check out some of our older episodes but you're going to see a huge audio improvement in this episode from all the last ones also the gc dub podcast just want to say hi to them it's a monthly thing going on they cover gcw and all the matches out there it's a lot of fun they just uh they don't go deep dive like we do they talk about what they like and it's just it's enjoyable. It's fun. And one of them's really learning more while the other one knows more knowledge. So it's kind of fun watching someone get slowly birthed into GCW little by little. So I just wanted to say hi to them and you know our listeners out there. So I don't know if there's anybody you wanted to say hi to, or if there's anything you wanted to do, but I wanted to step into the positivity and out of the negativity. So
0: yeah they shout us out and like yeah it's i listen to them too when they do their quick reviews and like you said you get to see that as they start to learn more about the talent that they didn't know about it's pretty fun hearing different perspectives of stuff that we've been watching and covering now for the year on the podcast we've been watching and enjoying them for a while um yeah one has been watching more than the other and that's what makes it enjoyable is one
1: catches the other up sometimes on things and it's just it's fun two fans are learning together one's been watching obviously way more than the other and that's what makes it fun
0: yeah uh so yeah i just want to shout them out and um Effie, i know he's been doing some stuff on your on retweeting oh, your stuff about yeah. podcast. that i always want to shout him out like he's he, amazing just an amazing person and um i i that's so cool that he's able to do that kind of stuff for our podcast and that's that's just cool um so okay. I, just, yeah, I want to shout him out too
1: No lie. No lie. Every single thing podcast related. He has been so kind to retweet and like almost all of it. I I don't know if he's following me like specifically or if it's just coming up on his timeline, but he is very supportive of us. And I'm really, really appreciative of it. We had a nice long talk and we kind of got at a level where we understood each other. And ever since then, he's like, listen, I love what you guys do. I support you guys. And he made good on his word. Ever since we had that conversation a month or two ago, every single day, I can count on four or five retweets from Effie because just a genuinely nice motherfucker. And Maybe that's not said enough. People think about talking about all these other things. How about just the man says he's going to do something and doesn't need to, but does it and sticks to his word. And uh, that's my opinion. So. I just wanted to yeah. cut in there and say the thing happy oh, to, to
0: see. You talk that. to him more than I have. So that's what like, right. I was laying out for you because you like I said, you talk to him, you know more about that than I do. I just hear about it from you, and then I see the the re- retweets from him. So that's why I just wanted to shout him up. I know like he interacts with you a lot more.
1: Little little here, little there. <laughs> no, no. Good dude. I try to talk to as many people as I can off and on, just saying thank you because our podcast is about us having fun. We would of course love to do something full time with GCW, but the enjoyment is all the relationships with the wrestlers on the side. Like I said, we go to the show and people are like, Hey dude, how are you doing? Like, it's nice to be known by some of the performers now. So, all right, man. So I think we did it. Was there anybody else you wanted to say night, night to, or goodbye to, or thank you to,
0: or anything? it's about to be my son who's about to go to bed but uh uh,
1: oh, uh I know something real quick I haven't done for a while thanks to my family who was really awesome about staying quiet for sometimes five fucking hours while we record so that it's not loud I'm appreciative for them. So we haven't really thanked our maybe I haven't thanked my family in a while. So I just want to say thanks to them because they fucking rock.
0: Yes. Thank you for my wife to let me record up here with all that. And my son sitting up here quietly playing football, <laughs> as quiet as possible. Uh with his video games. <laughs> awesome, man. Let's do this fucking thing. We we really rock this one. All right, let's send him out of here. Episode sixty-six, GCW's. Oh my goodness, I forgot the name of it again. Was it Ride for Me? Oh my goodness. Yes, Ride for Me. This I lost off the top of my head and I close the notes. Uh yeah, GCW's Ride for Me from Tally Hall Chicago, episode 66. Good show. It was a fun show. Like I said, to cover we talked a lot because there was lots of to oh, go over. All right, let's send Ooh. him <laughs> Right before we get to video, all right, let's do it, baby. Ready, long, long live, 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 G, G- C, W, W. <laughs> oh my god,
1: you and those, fuck- yes. <laughs>